0: On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick return from the Life Day break to celebrate the news of Dave Filoni becoming the CCO at Lucasfilm and what that could mean for future Star Wars projects. They'll also touch on some recent comments from Daisy Ridley about her next Star Wars film. Plus, they'll share what shows a big magazine is claiming will air in 2024 now that the strikes have been resolved. If that doesn't ignite your lightsabers, then stick around for the ranking of the 12 Bokan Jedi that were trained after Order 66. Of course, the show will end with the question of weak responses and the latest round of top high <laughs> Star Wars fan artist features. Ponja Chewie? Like right, i got a rip come. the thing just stopped oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> hey now everybody sorry about that we're talking gaming that's right playstation time ps portal showing up left and right at swtshq so welcome 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 it's good to see some of you back here hold on i got the chat covered up i know i saw sir dork up in there jod james english Um, Rudiger John whoever that is we'd love to see well hello guys GM Luke what are we looking at here, GM Luke? What what did I put out there? Ray is the bestest there ever was. All right, I don't I don't know what they're saying in the chat, but we'll get there. We've got some fun stuff to talk about today, right, Nick? I mean, it was weird. it's weird. Is the strike ended? So the 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 news cycle is starting to churn again on Star Wars. And last week, right before Thanksgiving over here in the states, we got some big news coming out of Lucasfilm. So we're gonna talk about that. Dave's new official promotion, which. He's always kind of been that, but it sounds like he's actually going to be the dude now. So that's good.
1: When I saw that, I was confused because I was like, didn't this happen already? Like, I thought that I was in the Twilight Zone, but yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but apparently, Nick, he's now really going to be the, the CCO. Official. Right? Official. Yeah, he, he's actually going <laughs> to to do something in that role, and, and we'll talk yeah. about that. We've got some updates coming from Daisy about her movie and how it's going to be all crazy and exciting. And we even have a trade mag out there, Nick, saying that three... Not just two, but three live-action Star Wars shows will be hitting Disney Plus in 2024. I know you and I kind of spitballed on that a week or two weeks ago when we were last on the airwaves. Um, so we'll, we'll discuss what Empire's saying there. I don't necessarily trust what they're putting out in their magazines, but usually, if you're going to print it in a magazine that's as popular as an Empire, you you, you must know something that our two dumbasses do not. And to tickle your taints just a little bit more today, we have another special topic coming at you. That's right. We are ranking the boken Jedi. And, and there's apparently there's 12 of them. Nick and I are already debating if some of them should be considered boken, so I'm sure that will mm-hmm. come up too. And we're not saying boken or broken. We are saying boken. We're not saying broken. But you 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 could technically say most of these Jedi we're going to talk about are also broken probably broken in some way yeah i mean the the guy that i know is number one i would argue is very fucking broken at least by the time we we link back up with him again so yeah we'll we'll get into a fun little ranking debate i know the fans like that type of shit um but as always keep it coming let us know what you want us to talk about i I, we've always just kind of been like a, a current events type of show Two gas bags sitting here talking about whatever uh, you know what's happening in in star wars but it's seeming that that fans or at least on the socials nick they gravitate more towards very pointed topic topical conversations you know mm-hmm. our, our last one best or <laughs> best hero planet nick mopped the floor with my mm-hmm. naboo pick we we have a bunch of clips out there on uh the best and more special edition edits that are still getting some juice uh, so, hey, it's a good time to be a, a Star Wars fan. So, you know, we, we've been gone two weeks, Nick. You were talking about some of the things you got into. Real quick, before you get into your, your recap of, of Mockingbird, we were just talking about both of us got our, our PS portals over the break. Yes. Um, If you're unfamiliar with this, it's, it's essentially a $225 device to make using your PS5's remote play a little more less intense in terms of what you need to do to get it set up. And I have found that that my portal has gotten me back in the gaming. I have kind of been in a slump the past 6 weeks, haven't done shit, never beat Starfield, still feel like I have to, but just, just didn't feel like gaming. You know it happens, Nick. We're old or I'm old, you're getting there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the portal shows up and of course I'm like, "Ooh, shiny new toy, feels good." You know it's got that, that the white look, the controller feel, the PS5 controller. Booted up, and, and lo and behold, what do I start to see? But a curse for all gamers, Nick. Something you may participate in in your own work. Black Friday sales, right? Yeah. I was like, "Oh shit!" Fifteen yeah. ninety nine, Star Wars bundle. Bought Final Fantasy X V I bought <laughs> monopoly bought super mario odyssey bought i mean i dude it it reminded me of an old school steam summer sale last week because i had no reason to be buying all these fucking games when i have games that need finish and i barely game but it felt good to contribute to making those companies hit the black last week you know what yeah, I mean? So, yeah yeah <clears throat> um, but i have been playing jedi academy on the Portal. Thoroughly a, enjoying
1: it. It's such a thoroughly good game. enjoying
0: it. Such a good game. Yeah. Nick, have you played it recently? Like, when's the last time you threw in? Oh, man, it's it's the, been the a while. Academy.
1: It's been a while since I played Academy, but I played it through all the way through three different times. So okay. I've. It's probably been probably almost ten years since I've played it, if not longer. Um. But I'm like very like when I first got it. I played that game as many times through as I could. And the reason I chose to play it through three different times is because there's three, like at a certain point in the game, you get to choose what lightsaber style you want to play with. Like, do you want to continue playing with a single lightsaber? Do you want to have a dual bladed lightsaber? Do you want to have two lightsabers, you know, dual wielding? So I played through. All, with all of the different lightsaber options so it's so that i, I was that dedicated to the game
0: <laughs> i'll tell you what in league i'll get to your question it's a good question because nick and i were essentially asking ourselves the same same one offline and, and we all know i i am a, a a asshole i am a consumer asshole i will buy anything if i think it looks cool and i know someone else is getting it now i i didn't know nick was getting the portal so i was i was fomoing off of another friend getting it but um but yeah we're dickheads i forgot what i was gonna say anyway so league what is the point of the portal if there is a ps5 it's so someone like myself can game around the house and be around the family and not just in the gaming den all day Uh, I, i tend to to not like just being in my cave that much anymore which is odd because it's my best technological setup best tv best sound all the consoles are there I got Atmos, I got the lights you can see behind me, it's fucking crazy, but as a dad, someone that wants to be present, sometimes at night when they're watching fucking Barbie or something, I want to be on the couch, sitting next to a fire, playing my PS5. So, that's mostly why I got it, I I agree with what League's saying here, like, it, it, it is, it's a very just dumb device, because it's purely just a remote player for your console it has no guts of its own it's essentially a screen and a vibrating controller with some speakers yeah um so it it was more convenience for me league i I was able to do the same thing with the steam deck but sometimes it would work sometimes it wouldn't i've not tried my portal outside my own network uh but i i know things get pretty fucking dicey if 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 not working at all once you leave your your home network with remote play but yeah. it's worked out perfectly for me got me gaming again i i i really am ashamed that i missed uh, final fantasy what is it 16 16 yeah it's fucking great dude i mean it is it, it's like completely compelling story the gameplay is very action rpg-esque yes you can go brain dead and essentially just hit buttons and, and mm-hmm. it'll do shit for you it's awesome Um, I bought Crisis Core because you're like, yeah, dude, get it. So I was like, hey, it's on sale. I'll buy that too. (laughs)
1: Crisis Core Core is good. I played the original Crisis Core when it came out on PSP. um, And it was fantastic. And the new iteration of Crisis Core is also really good. But yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy 16 was one of those games. Like, I've always been a huge Final Fantasy fan. I have played... Actually, I just resubscribed to Final Fantasy 14, which is their MMO because I had played through all of the expansions except the most recent one and the most recent one I already owned it I just never played through it so I I resubscribed to play through the new expansion but fit like I played 15 and I just it just didn't hit for me like 15 was not the final fantasy experience that I was looking for so I was like a little hesitant to move on 16 but it seems like they that they've uh, made better with 16 than they did with 15
0: yeah um i i tried to play 15 it's it i, I kind of dug it but it was one of those deals where on the xbox for some reason it would no longer load my safe so i was like fuck oh, Jesus. you yeah we're done <laughs> and it sucks because it, it looked like a, a good game more of a traditional final fantasy where this one nick it feels more like a i don't want to say this but i'm gonna say it a, a ghost of tsushima
1: Type. Okay, so like a little where bit I, more I, free reign for exploration and stuff like nah, that.
0: No, that's where that's where that's things where get it funky. It, okay. It's it's not even close to as open world as as Ghost, but in terms of of the gameplay, it, it's it's kind of like it's very third person action RPG, slashy, slashy, wacky, wacky. So. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know. It, it, it was pretty great. And, uh, I, I got it for whatever, 45% off. So the sales kicked my ass last week, but I, f- I do feel like I was contributing to the GDP of the country, like a good American should go. during yeah, I, I, black Friday week.
1: <laughs> I definitely grabbed my fair share of, of, black Friday items as well. So, um, some of them gift related, some of them per- personal for me, you know, cause every time, every, every time you see something on sale, you gotta get something for yourself, right? You can't just oh, yeah, be dude, for other I, people. Kind of. I'm
0: pretty much only a to-mat from-mat type of dickhead, <laughs> <Thank> so <you. laughs> I mean, thank God I got a wife that actually has compassion and thinks of other people, because uh, otherwise I would do very poorly with with giving gifts and <laughs> making people happy, because it's all about me, hey. just like it is on the Star Wars Time Show. <laughs> um, all right, so I know. Um, oh, one thing before Nick gets into his breakdown of of Mockingbird i fucked today i didn't literally fuck it but i i, I kind of fucked the show up a little all right I, I forgot to post the question of the week it's not worth posting now because no one's going to see it because the only people that actually see our content are actually are here now uh so i did pin a a question at the top of the live stream chat by the way if you want to join the live stream don't forget tuesdays 5pe youtube.com Time Show. Uh, but maybe you can punch something up in the live stream if if you can even see it. E- either way, Question of the Week is probably going to be nice and short this week, if not completely canceled. All right, dude, I've been wanting to see it. Uh, there are a few adult movies in the theaters. I had to, um, and it's fine, I got to go with the family to troll band together and, uh, and, and Wish, which are both great family kid movies, but I have had Mockingbird and Napoleon on my radar and it sounds like you, you got to see the bird, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. So we went to go see, uh, hunger games, songbird and snakes, like Ballad of songbird and snakes. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't read the book. Taylor read the book and like, she, um, was a big fan of the book when it released. So she's been waiting for this movie for quite a while. um, it was also our first time seeing a full film in the 4DX experience with, like, the moving seats and the... Oh, no, it
0: was, did they light the, the roof on fire? Like, no, was they it did that have 4D? Like,
1: they had, like, flashing lights, and there at a certain point, there was also, like, smoke that rose up right in front of the screen. Holy um, shit. Seats, seats were bouncing around like you're on a... Uh, uh, a theme park ride every so often. You get like air, <laughs> like air bursts,
0: so, like was little it, bits of was water. Was that fun? Did you it it like was, that? It was, or was. it was it, actually, was it too much?
1: It was pretty entertaining. Like I didn't, it was my first time ever going to it, so I didn't really have an expectation of what it was going to be. But at one point, like the the movements are not like, slight like they're they're they are like very theme park oriented so like sometimes they will like throw you a certain way or like the seats will shift (laughs) a certain way and it's like oh man i'm like fucking Ah! um but it doesn't wear seat
0: belts or harnesses or anything no
1: nothing nothing on the seats uh so the seats were all normal you could there was a button to toggle off like water so like if there was a moment that you would get like sprinkled with water you could turn that off
0: Holy shit. What um, chain does this then?
1: That was Regal. So Regal is our closest movie theater. Wait, he's like and 50
0: bucks a seat?
1: I think it was... So I have the Unlimited. And with the Unlimited, the ticket was only $8. Usually the tickets are free with Unlimited. But it was 8 bucks for me for Unlimited. And when I bought Taylor's, I think it was 24 for her ticket. So it was a, a bit of a higher price. Um, but the experience was incredible. I mean, the sound was amazing. The addition of like the flashing lights and the moving seats were awesome. Um, but the movie itself was really well done. Um, if you're a fan of the hunger Games series, I would definitely recommend going to see it. It's a really great story about how president snow in the original trilogy kind of comes to be president snow as we know him. Um, and it really did a great job of like setting the scene for what the hunger games were to become in the original trilogy of movies so i was a big fan of the film um you know taylor also enjoyed it uh even though they you know like when you're doing book to film adaptations you're going to leave stuff out like she she was uh, you know aware of all the stuff that they left out but she still enjoyed the film overall in fact she said that it was her favorite of all the hunger games movies right, so right. um and i'm like honestly it's pretty close for me as well you know like the last two movies get a little bit a little bit squirrely cuz you you cut the second or the last book in half to make two films where really the main criticism that i can understand or that i have picked up from uh, other people watching it is that they wish that this movie was split into two. They would have actually preferred two parts to one. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall, though, I, I'm I'm very pleased with uh, the movie. I thought it was really good and I would definitely recommend it for other people to go see for sure
0: solid yeah I, I need to get out there that and napoleon i think this week silent night opens i'm always i'm always down for a revenge just beat them mm-hmm. up gory break bones yeah. smash faces type of flick yeah not me like i said i just stuck to the kids movies uh, got into an old series i don't know if anyone else checked it out but i'm digging it on on tv plus called silo with uh rebecca ferguson and uh what's his name tim robbins it, it, it's pretty fantastic all right. Well, since this is the Star Wars time show, I think it's time for Star Wars time. You know what I mean? Uh, poor Linda. Poor Linda went to a, a 4DX and kept falling out. Oh, uh, dude, te- like
1: that's. We saw this one and we we're like, <laughs> it doesn't move you all the time. Like you're not constantly yeah. moving.
0: I just, I just see like babies popping I, up, like people turning the popcorn yeah. in this. But thing. I, what
1: we did see. So we saw the trailer for the Fall guy. At the like at that movie, and we're like, oh my God, this movie would be so crazy to see in 4DX. Because Fall Guy is like crazy action all the time. So I'm just like, are you just gonna be constantly moving and shaking around and all this other stuff? Or is it are they gonna try to limit your amount of motion? So yeah, it's we definitely want to do it again, though. It was it was a cool experience, and I think that we're trying to go to another film where the 4DX might be a little bit more like used a little bit more than it was in, in Songbirds and Snakes.
0: Oh Linda did 40X at, at Avatar. Oh wow that way of the water. So you probably get in a hose. Like you probably had to wear a fucking rain jacket. To yeah, go to maybe that.
1: so. Oh man. Kept sliding at it. Yeah. I mean it was it was pretty fun. Like it was a pretty fun experience for sure. Especially like the 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 closest thing that I can describe it to, and this is kind of what it was designed after, but if you've ever been to like Disney or Universal or like a theme park that has one of those like, oh yeah, it's like an immersive screen, like immersive short film experience where it was like, if you go to Universal, there's like the Shrek 4D ride where it's like you sit in movie theater seats and you're, you move around and all the stuff happens as it happens on the screen. That's, that's kind of what it was built off of. So, uh, yeah, it was, it it was really cool. All
0: right. All right. Well, what is, we're talking like the Fall Guy game series. Is that what so we're talking about? So Fall here?
1: Guy, Bat brought it up in the chat just now. Do you guys remember the Fall Guy series? Fall Guy was an old TV series that was essentially based off of like a a stunt man. Like you follow a stunt man through all of his different like.
0: Oh, th- this is the one Ryan, with homeboy, Ryan Gosling. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. I, I yeah. Got yeah. You. No, it looks good. That looks good. Yeah. So.
1: That may be our next 4DX experience is, is Fall Guy and see if we get thrown out of our seats too. <laughs> Damn.
0: I just I don't know. I I got I got to find a movie this Thursday. I need I need to go. I don't know if it's going to be this Napoleon or Silent Night. We'll see. You you'll find out next week. That's why you got to tune in, subscribe, do all that happy horse shit for the Star Wars Time Show, yeah. right? There you go. There's your subscribe reminder. Get to it. All right, my friends, like we said, we, we got some Star Wars planned for you. Not that. We'll get there. The the old Boken Jedi stuff, that's coming up last. Um, but before we get there, like like I teased earlier, some big news came out last week from Bright about uh, Mr. Dave Id Filoni, a fellow Pittsburgher, Don Ton Pittsburgh. But here's the deal. And, and as Nick said, I kind of felt the same way, Nick, when I first saw this. It's like, wait, wait, is this old? Are they just trying to get some juice on a Tuesday of Thanksgiving week? But no, it, it, it's a real thing. And it, it kind of blew up the Star Wars newsverse last week. And that is if, if you are a Star Wars fan and you don't know what we're talking about. Good for you. Mm-hmm. You're not psychotic. So I wish I was more like you. But here's what happened. Dave Filoni has been officially made the CCO, the Chief Creative Officer at Lucasfilm, and it has been made explicitly clear in the article, which we have uh, nice and summarized from our local AI intern for everyone to read. It was a very long read, a good read, but I was like, hey, AI, I'm dumb. Most people that listen to us are stupid. Can you, can you dumb this up for us and just pull out the quotes? And, and it did it very nicely. I love my AI. But but here's the difference now, and and Nick's not wrong. We we've heard it. Dave, I believe, has been CCO for a minute now. Yeah. Okay. Like like yeah. for a while. Okay. This isn't. Uh, th- th- this doesn't didn't seem like a new announcement. But there are some caveats to this, Nick, that I think are different. And the the big one here is Dave saying essentially like. Now, what I'm now, I'm what's called chief creative officer of Lucasfilm. In the past, I would be brought into it, I would see it after it had already developed a good way. Okay. So, when he was pretend CCO, mm-hmm. they would loop him into other projects after they had been essentially written, scouted out, productioned, concept arted. I mean, he was basically brought in at the end. Like, hey, Dave, look, we did all this. What do you think? Seems like an odd way to use someone's talents like that, especially you consider Dave is the second coming of George Lucas, but that's the way they decide to use him. This is changing, mm-hmm. Nick. Yep. All right. He he has explained in this write-up as as we talk here, um, you know, obviously he's he's gonna be working even closer with Kathleen now and, and Carrie Beck, who is I, I believe like Kathy's second in command, or she, she carries big, yeah. all right. Um, but he's going to work hand in hand with them. And, and what he says here is when we're planning the future of what we're doing now, I'm involved at the inception phase. Yeah. I, I think that's all anyone needs to hear here, right? This is what a lot of us have been screaming about for the past few years like what's going on here like who's picking the projects who's throwing these movie titles out there and and hiring directors is anyone minding the lore is anyone minding the canon is anyone making sure all this shit jives together where was Dave when the sequels were being written right that type of shit if Dave was doing what he's going to be doing now Nick we would not be in the sequel mess we are in now, obviously, nothing we can do about that. No reason to cry over spilt milk. You can't, you can't do anything to the sequels. They are what they are. Somehow he returned. Somehow Ray is the the progeny of an aborted clone and some random woman that had sex with a clone. It's weird. That shit should go away, right? Like, like, does that do things get fixed going forward? Oh no, Nick.
1: No, that's not gonna change. Okay, One hundred percent. Like they're like. I know that since, you know, Tross came out, people's whole deal has been, we need to abort everything in the sequel trilogy and re, and redo it. That is not going to happen. Uh, the unfortunate circumstance and the unfortunate reality is, is that we are... Going to work towards making those things make a little bit more sense and potentially like filling in gaps leading up to these story points that seemingly came out of nowhere. But it's we're not gonna get to a point to where like they go into tross and they edit the, the, the movie no, and yeah, like, no,
0: no, that's what I'm yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that's that, that those ships yes. have sailed, all right. <laughs> this just means everything that has not already been put on the film, which I mean that that that's that's excluding Skeleton Crew, the Acolyte. All, Dave was not involved in those at the Inception phase. But everything moving forward, so you'd think Mandalorian Season 4, which he always is anyways, but if they continue... Well, they're not continuing Andor. Obviously, if they're continuing Ahsoka, that's his baby, so it makes sense. But he would be there working with everybody. And really, Nick, since none of the movies outside of Daisies really have anything around it, he's probably involved at those now at at, at day yeah. one like actually hey 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 mangold give me your script all right you suck yeah. you're an idiot they would never do that this is what you have to do that that's what we need like as nick is saying he is 100 correct this this isn't going to fix what has already come or what's out there or what has been shot but moving forward any new star wars project will it involve dave filoni at the get-go
1: yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would assume that includes Tyka's. So, yeah, I mean, we, yep. we all know that Tyka is working on his script actively and, you know, he's taking his time. So Tyka's is going to go through the Dave Filoni experience now, Mangold's the, you know, the origin of the Jedi story will go through the Filoni shakedown and then everything to come after. Um, and I think that, like you said, that that's kind of what fans expected from the get go is that you you would have kind of a a lore keeper yeah. that's that's here. You remember
0: the story group, yeah? Everybody? I mean, do you remember this, Pablo Hidalgo? Group? Like,
1: does Pablo Hidalgo still have a job now? Like, I don't know what what he does or did. I think he
0: just yells it. He yells at Star Wars theory on Twitter a lot. Yeah, I so think. maybe he
1: gets paid <laughs> to do that. But uh oh, be mad. We love you, brother. But yeah, I mean, it is. It's the role that he should have been in from the start, and I know that they wanted to like allow him to really spin up the t v end of things because that was his sole focus like once they started the Mandalorian and everything like that is you know he was heavily involved with John in developing what is now Correct. the star wars t v universe and that is a that's a heavy load to lift, but now that that has been established and now that they are kind of you know. I don't want to say coming to the end of the Star Wars TV universe, but, you know, more of like coming to a a a conclusion point for, this, for the certain storylines that are in effect now in Star Wars TV. He's probably got some of that off of his plate, and now he can focus on, you know, revitalizing the Star Wars film universe. Um,
0: yeah, you're probably right. He probably, I mean, you would hope they're going to use him the most to get the movies back up running and I, not that we care. Like we, we just care that they're good. We don't care if they make a billion, but they do. Uh, so yeah, I, I think you're on to something there where he, he, he has already been so heavily involved in at least the Mando verse wing, right. Of, of star Wars TV. We're not really worried there. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe he now has a little more authority to go to John. Like, Hey John, I don't, I don't know if we should spend the whole episode, you know, hanging out with Jack Black and, and, and Lizzo, but for the most part, he he's already been involved in those day one discussions. I, I think Nick is, is really hitting the nail on the head and that this is he's probably gonna be wielded the most for Getting the film universe back up and running. Real quick, though, want to thank B Mad for that that shout out there, giving us his best. Boken Jedi would be Ezra. Cal does not count; he was trained before Order sixty six. Yep, yep. So you're going Ezra, and he's also Nick giving us some feedback on Sotner. I like that Sotner scoundrels of the old of the, of the new, new Republic. Republic sorry, of the new sorry, Republic. Jesus, I, I've been shit, and I should know better. I'm playing <laughs> Jedi Academy set hey, in the new Republic. Be mad.
1: In, you know I mean? in my Star Wars universe, any species can have sex with any other species.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I wanted to finish that. He said, P.S. loved the uh scoundrels a new public video, which if you don't know, we do a Star Wars themed d Uh It's a slow, it's a slow burn, right, Nick? We, we yeah. don't record these at any sort of pace we we're supposed to do on this week. Shit's already happened. It's been bumped two weeks from now. Hopefully we'll get it done before the end of the year so we have some content to take a week or two off. Uh but B Mad was digging it and he didn't know Ewoks could get laid by they Twileks. Can. Well, Chief Matt Liu is a he is a hairy, sneaky, sexy little thing. So Indeed. you gotta watch Indeed. out. He likes his 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 women of of many colors with things coming out of their head and of course his drugs. So Indeed. thank you, B Mad. Awesome. Uh, I, I will since since Mando Pirates in here, I'll I'll let everyone know that my character for Jedi Academy Nick is the the red female Twilight uh, yes. wearing wearing the the skimpiest of of uh costumes you could give her at the character creation I stage I
1: expected no <laughs> less from you sir I expected no less. Uh,
0: big thank you and i am making her i'm making her a little dark nice, side nice. too she's she's a little little shame uh big oh, thank, thank you this.
1: to one six shooter trevor as well
0: that no that is zavu Zavu gaz okay. yes
1: our we, our we
0: are we are only method when we're online if, if we're online and we're live streaming nick <laughs> it's, it's and we're talking sotner we got to go yes. method so i only refer to him as, as zavu um we, you got it one six shooter we'll um email dave after the show and let him know that tony gilroy needs to become lord of writing for all of star yes, wars yes uh- we wield that type of power uh, but yeah, I'm I'm glad some people, uh, Nick, I saw some of the feedback in Discord about scoundrels. I'm glad a few of you still still dig that. It is fun, even though I look like a little pouty bitch by the end of of the last episode. But it's all right. I had my talking to and, and realized I was being a fuckface. So um, I'm not saying I'm 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 gonna change much but I'm going to improve and, and not break character like I did last, <laughs> last time. <laughs> Let's just say Matt Lou's uh, pit stop in the whorehouse was probably a little too long and unscripted, and that was my fault, not Nick's. Um, all right. Anyways, Nick, back to our man Dave here. Thanks to everyone on the live stream. Love the interactions. Like I said, keep it coming. You know, If you've got a topic you want us to talk about next week, we will make an effort to do so. Um, okay. So back to Floney. So, you know, we're all happy about this. It is great news. Uh, It's it's odd that it took him this long to figure this shit out, especially when George has essentially been telegraphing for the past 20 years. Like I picked this guy to be me. All right. Literally handpicked. If you ever, if you don't know the story about how Dave began working with George, go look it up. It's funny. Like Dave thought he was getting pranked. He he didn't believe it. He he's working on SpongeBob and he shows up and him and George talk for like an hour. He thought he blew it, and George's like, nope, you're you're perfect. And here we go. So, um, but any any anyways, Nick, what he's saying here, and I, I like this too. Some may not, but he he's not gonna become uh you know, Lord Filoni and dictate what everyone has to do. In fact, he's saying, I'm not telling people what to do but I do feel I'm trying to help them tell the best story that they want to tell. Very, very diplomatic. Um, and I, 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 I do believe him, Nick. I, I don't look at Dave Filoni as some guy that likes conflict or, or is an asshole. Now we don't know. No one knows how people truly are, but he does seem like a pretty big nerdy softy. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't see him walking into a creative meeting, and be like, Hey, you, Fucking idiots! Why would you do that? No, you got to do what Lord Filoni yeah, says. Yeah, I mean,
1: the way that he describes this is essentially what I think his working relationship is with John. You know, like John Favreau is is the father of the Mandoverse, and Faloni has always been there as Correct. like his sounding board. Like, hey, I want to tell a story about this, about these characters, and I want to tell a story set in this timeline and make it feel authentic to Star Wars. And I really feel like while John is the driving creative force of it, Dave is the one there to be like, if you want to tell this more effectively, do it this way. Or if you want to bring in a character that can really spice up this scene or bring some dynamicism between these other characters, here's a character that you could use. And I think that that is what would be super valuable to somebody Coming in like for somebody like James Mangold or or Taika Waititi who's never worked in Star Wars before and is coming into it, you know, in their first time building out a movie that's going to be shown to millions of people across the world like that like you want somebody like Dave Filoni in your corner saying like here here's how you tweak this to make it more authentic here's how you use this character to make it feel more Star Wars and I feel like that's what really has made the TV universe feel so cohesive up until this point. Like even though there are different series and even though there are a ton of different characters that are that are in play just within the Mandoverse properties, they feel interconnected because Dave has been there sewing those pieces together. You know, like Dave has all of these or 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 John has all of these ideas and Dave is is there to be the the you know, the connective tissue between all of it. Um, And I really do feel like now that Star Wars is starting to expand outside of like our known timelines and our known spaces in the universe and our known characters that having somebody like Dave to keep the essence of Star Wars in all of it is very important.
0: You know what, as we're talking about this, I just thought of a fun topic, obviously not for today. But I want to do. How about this, people listening out there? And of course, Nick, what if we did a, a special segment on what if Dave Filoni was present for The Force Awakens, or what if Dave Filoni was present for The Last Jedi? You know what I mean? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I think that that is okay. I,
0: I, I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down, and we can spend a little time on that in between shows. So there you go. We're we're, we're just tickling your taints as we like to do here, tweaking your nipples, whatever you whatever get your socks off. But as we were sitting there and Nick's talking like, hey, what would have Dave have said to John? Because they did work hand in hand pretty much from the get go. What I want to start pretending with Nick is what would have Dave have said to JJ, Ryan and JJ? So that that'll be for a, a future cast. I'm writing it down currently because I'll forget in 10 <laughs> seconds. Uh, what if Dave was present for the sequels? There we go. Do we like that, everybody? Does that sound like a good one? Who cares? I, I came up with it, so it is a good one. It's a great one, in fact. Thank you. Okay, so within this article, he keeps going on, and, and, and really, it's like I said, Nick, it, it, you could feel everyone is just blowing their load now that the strike is yeah. over. It, it's been great following people like Iman, uh, Natasha, even Mark. I mean, hell, Nick, they were all up. All the Star Wars stars were at Fan Expo, san francisco this past weekend our buddy sw props i mean he, he's like in it these days he, he's yeah. got so many clients he's he's hobnobbing with all these uh you know people that sell their autographs it looks fantastic so kudos to to justin for that but everyone's out everyone's out and about everyone's loving star wars talking about star wars and in this article nick they they, they we finally for the first time started to get some insights from the actors of ahsoka because they were muzzled the whole time their show was coming out. So um, Hayden was featured. He had a pretty good quote there on his return as as Anakin. And, and I kind of dug this because it, it plays into a lot of the fan debates we had, like was that ghost Anakin, what was really happening, the WBW. And even Hayden was kind of playing it a certain way that wasn't necessarily what Dave was telling him. So, uh, y- you know, Christensen talked about, Nick, how he, on purpose kind of played this version of Anakin with a bit of uncertainty and uh, you know like am I a ghost or am I in Ahsoka's head like he 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 wasn't choosing one or the other like uh, Hayden kind of had his vision of what was happening Feloni had his but ultimately they wanted us to kind of be the one so here's what Hayden said That's the beauty of how the episode is constructed, in my opinion. Inevitably, the audience has to question what it is they're watching. Is this really the world between worlds? What is the world between worlds? Is this actually the spirit of Anakin Skywalker? Or is this all in Ahsoka's subconsciousness? And we're just going down the yellow brick road as she's drowning and fighting for her life. I think that the episode provides a few really good clues but it doesn't spell it out for you. So let us spell it out for you. It was the WBW and that was Anakin spirit, but I always love these types of insights and how these humans go about crafting these characters and their performances. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was always under the impression that we were in the WBW too. I feel like if it was just an Ahsoka's head, it would have been a very different experience. Um, It would have almost been like, you know, the, the, the life reflection type of thing. And while there was some life reflection in there, it was, it was changed. It it wasn't exactly like a a shot for shot remake of her memories. Like she was going in as her current self back to her younger self and experiencing those moments as an adult. And, you know, usually if it's like death throws and you're doing your, your, you know, your life reflection in those moments, you don't have that type of control over your previous experiences. So I think like that was one thing that really separated it. And then also to me, it was just like Anakin's demeanor. Like his I feel like if it was a life reflection that that is going on in Ahsoka's head, the the projection of Anakin that she would see would be very different than we what we got in the oh, show. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, Nick, we talked about it. He, if he was truly a figment of her dying imagination, he would have known everything about exactly. her past, and exactly. he didn't. He didn't know about the siege of Mandalore and, and other things. So, but but like I said, I mean, Filoni himself argues that he prefers to let idiots like you and me and people who listen to us debate this. Uh, but he he emphasized to to everyone and Hayden, like, listen, that this episode, this show, is not about. Anakin, George resolved Anakin's thread, whether we like it or not. We all know I wasn't a huge fan of how we initially did it in, in episodes one through six, but it's gotten much better thanks to supplemental material. I don't really want to go into this because you people get so ageist over the fucking prequels. It's kind of concerning. Like, seriously, get a life. Uh, but but here, here he goes. And, and this is coming from Filoni. My feeling about Anakin is that George resolved everything about him. I don't think I have anything to do there. I'm not trying to add anything to that. He says everything Anakin's involved with is about her. It's about her point of view on Anakin. And it's about what Anakin taught her. He's there in more of an Obi-Wan role that we saw in the old movies. Okay. So I, I think we all kind of got down with yeah, that. Yeah. I think that's um, pretty good.
1: I mean, I,
0: th- he, uh,
1: you know, the, the ahead, Obi-Wan sorry. role is an interesting way to look at it for sure. Um, I think that, he was more like Obi Wan when Obi Wan was alive than he was like Obi Wan when Obi Wan was a ghost. I'll put it that way. Like he was, he was much more of a teacher during the WBW time than Obi Wan was when he was a ghost. Obi Wan almost spoke to Luke in like, pe- like riddles. And he, he didn't teach yeah. shit,
0: dude. He's well, once he was a ghost, he's like, um, hey, you're almost dying of hypothermia you need to go find a little green monster on Dagobah. And that was it. And I was like, okay. Luke's out here like, I'm literally
1: dying in the snow. And you're saying like, Hey man, when you figure this out, just go to this other planet. It's like, what about what's happening right now? (laughs) Like,
0: uh, yeah i mean obi-wan and that's why i always laugh at people who are like you know raise a mary sue she barely was trained i mean when would when did luke go through i mean through, luke like, had two and a half training.
1: days of training with obi-wan before he got cut in half and turned into a ghost uh, and,
0: th- and that was just that was just yeah, wearing a fucking was, mask and playing with a lightsaber yeah, and then
1: he spent what a couple weeks with yoda on
0: if, on dagobah if that i mean if you just go if you use the timeline in esb where Han and company they're running from the Empire. He's there for like yeah, two I would days, say
1: not even a week, like very little maybe, time,
0: maybe a day, maybe three days. Uh, but hey, listen, <coughs> I don't get upset about that type of shit because A, I know Star Wars isn't real. B, I know the Force is real, but not the way Star Wars kind of portrays it. And and C, go back to point A. It's it's not real. So who who fucking cares if Luke. Or Ray, or or Bob's uncle, is strong at the Force and was able to wield it without years and years of training. I mean, it's it, that's silly shit here. But anyways, this was a cool quote from Hayden because I, I think a lot of us kind of picked up on this. The version of of Anakin we saw in Ahsoka was the the pinnacle of what he should be. That was the chosen one. He could dip light. He could dip dark. But what could he also do? And he technically did. He could save people from dying yeah, yeah. so i, I think that's a fun quote here there's a lot there to unpack potentially i was getting to play a version of this character that i hadn't before and that was the all-knowing all-powerful jedi master who could wield both sides of the force light and dark at will and maybe has the power to save ahsoka's life which also is very interesting because that's the power that he was trying to achieve when he pledged himself to the dark side yeah. <sighs> love it
1: yeah i mean i think that um dave took the opportunity to show the to show the the audience like what his true potential was and i think that 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 was done really well
0: yeah i mean we all i mean we all reacted with like oh yo yeah! like we want to get a tattooed on our face and we want to have seizures just watching him flip in and out of the armor and back to to lord vader and no, that was great what's, what's b mad saying here Anakin, Rots. Anakin had more character development than Luke and Ray. I said, I,
1: you know, I I don't I, agree I, on I, the Luke part. The 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 Ray part. I think that Luke had fantastic character development. If you are familiar with Joseph Campbell's um, like Hi- hero's journey, like Luke Luke's character followed that to a T. Like like Joseph Campbell was a was a famous writer who laid out.
0: You're talking from. Four to six, yeah. right? His his y- complete yes. journey. Yeah, from yeah.
1: from a new hope to R O T J to Jedi. I feel like that is a prototypical hero's journey. And I feel like what we got with Ray initially was trying to recreate that in TFA. There, you're, you're trying to recreate a, a heroic journey for another character. Obviously gets derailed and then gets derailed further. I mean, Anakin and Rots
0: is the problem with Anakin. I don't think I don't think he's developed. That's my that's always been my. He's he's just the Anakin. Yeah. Like the, we don't ever see him. I know everyone yelled at me like, well, what about uh, what about Sidious? Tell him uh, uh, okay. Did did we ever see Anakin in Revenge of the Sith struggle with his light and darkness? Yeah, Never. I mean the the Never. moment
1: like the problem with Anakin in Rots is no that
0: They tried
1: to fit a a character journey that would take a long time and a lot of exposition into one not even a full movie essentially two-thirds of a movie like,
0: because yeah like 45 yeah, cause minutes like
1: at a certain point he falls and then it's over his journey ends right
0: like there, there's no no development outside of him losing yeah. some appendages so like
1: what you really like where you really get Anakin's heroic journey is through the development of clone wars where you get to see his you know his his disillusionment with the Jedi order you get to see the relationship that he builds with Obi-Wan and with Ahsoka and with Thank all you. of the other tertiary characters that are introduced through the clone wars you get to see those bonds he build, you get to see him grow in his potential to be a great Jedi. And then towards the end of the Clone Wars, specifically in season like like you know, like season five, six, and seven, where like things are coming to an end, you get to start you start to see his disillusionment with the Jedi, the reasons behind the disillusionment with the Jedi, and how the relationships break down with all of those different characters. Like in rot's itself you don't get that like the last time no. he sees obi-wan before their meeting on mustafar they're they're talking to each other as brothers and you know like i think one of the last lines that obi-wan says to him is is like you know i don't know what i would do without you anakin or something like something akin to that like no yeah
0: you're right what those two talking before uh obi goes to is about it there, there's one scene after he finds out he can't be master that he's and he's like "Yo, oh, this is kind of fucked up all right that's a little bit you're getting a little insights into anakin and how he's feeling but that's yeah. it that's that's what i've been saying and i know i don't explain it correctly because I, I end up just start mm-hmm. fucking yelling like a lunatic but you you cannot sit here and tell me that Anakin is a developed character in rots. Yeah. He's a guy that becomes a guy, like with a flip of a fucking switch. Yeah. There, he never struggles with his darkness. He never, like his dream is about his wife dying. His dream isn't about becoming evil to save his wife. Like that's what I want to see. And we got that in Clone Wars. And Bat is 100% correct. I've said this too. Attack of the Clones has a better... Anakin portrayal than Rot's, at least his dark side. That scene when he is kind of whining to Padmate and admitting that he just committed an atrocity, that's what we needed more of in yeah, Rot. And- as he was a Jedi Knight not still a Padawan as a hero we need to start to see him slip a little bit and say fucked up things about Obi-Wan and do fucked up shit we didn't get any of that he was general hero guy literally to go save the day and then when Mace shows up he's like ah fuck it fuck it (laughs) I'm bad it was literally like it it just feels cheap and unearned that's it the
1: issue that I have with and, and, and like the reason why the the master like you're not going to be a master meme is a meme is because if you watch the movies in sequence without watching the Clone Wars, this is what happens. You watch AOTC. He's a child still. He's still a Padawan. Right. And then
0: gets his ass gets his kicked ass, pretty much every, at every yeah, turn he fucks, he fucks up.
1: up as much as humanly possible. in that whole movie gets his arm cut off, almost gets Obi-Wan Kenobi killed, has to be saved by Yoda then illegally marries somebody else. And then we go on to episode three and he's like, Palpatine said, you have to make me a master. And they're like, we're not going to do that. So, and then he gets pissed when everybody watching that movie is like, you probably shouldn't be a master. Like the last time we saw you, you got your arm cut off you almost killed a Jedi master and you put the life of the Jedi Grandmaster at risk and then you married a senator.
0: Yeah, you broke the yeah. cardinal rule of <laughs> like, the order. You, you, have, you have outside attachments that consist of marrying people and fucking yeah. them. And,
1: and like what, what about all of that says to me that you should be a master? When really, you. after you watched the Clone Wars, his qualifications to be a master increased tenfold. You get to see everything that Anakin did to feel like he had earned that title. So when he goes into that room, he's not just like, Palpatine says you have to make me a master. He's like, look at what I've done for yeah, the order. Like, this
0: guy's a fucking yeah, hero. Like,
1: it puts so much more weight behind that that anger. Because when you see it just in the movies, you're like, what? You just... You fucking kill Count Dooku, and now all of a sudden you want to be a master? Like that's not how this shit works. That, like, that's
0: the other one they gave me, Nick. Well, what about when he cut off Dooku's head? He didn't want to do it. He literally didn't. Like he's like, I can't, I, I can't do this shit. And, and Homeboy's like, just fucking do it. I, I, you're gonna do what the Chancellor says. He didn't do it because he was he's evil or, dark, or he was feeling the dark side. He did it because Homeboy, the the, the leader of the Republic, said kill yeah. him. Yeah, I mean. Okay, boss. I mean, what, what what do you want a general to say to the president? All yeah, right. I
1: mean, his instinct was correct. Like in that moment when he's sitting there with Dooku, no hands on his knees, he's like, "It's, he it's over. I don't have to do this." And that was the correct instinct. And then he gets pushed over the edge by Palpatine. So I don't even blame like like that's no. not on him. Like, you know,
0: no, he was he was being commanded by his superior. Yeah. I mean, let, let's be real. I mean, the, the chancellor is no different than our president. They are the chief of the fucking armed forces, and he was a general. So that, that's I, like I, I hate going down this road because, I, I, I mean, I just we sound like broken records. And <laughs> I, I love the people like hearing it. But I think today, thanks to Nick, as usual, he did a much better job explaining my problems. Like, it, it's not like I have rots hanging on a dartboard and I fucking take shits on it every day it doesn't really get me that upset all I have said as someone like a lot of you that are all hyped up about the prequels I too was mega hyped about the prequels I was just a different age different mental maturity and it was disappointing just like some of you were disappointed as myself with the sequel trilogy you got to get used to that type of shit sometimes you you build up these expectations and you got to be able to handle them when they're not met I didn't handle them too well with the prequels so much so that I banned myself from Star Wars for years until Disney bought it but I'm there I, I've gotten over it it, it really isn't a, a complete tire fire type of movie but I just I, I, anyone that watched it as a fully functioning adult that, that knows the story of Star Wars that, that see who Anakin became I, I just I, I can't agree with you that you think his turn was handled expertly in Revenge of the Sith I, I think it's a joke it's a joke, okay? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, be mad. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I completely get it. I know there is a large swath of you that were probably ten or younger, early teens, if that, that look at Rots as the second coming of of ESB. I just, I have one major problem, and the reason it hurts so much, because that, that the whole movie's goal was to show us how this fucking hero could turn into a guy that commits galactic genocide and i don't know how we get that out of being told to cut off someone's head having a bad dream and then learning about a sith anecdote from the chancellor like when did anakin ever go oh did anakin ever go like oh yeah hell yeah dude yeah dark side shit let me in i'll do anything no he was always looking at him like what the fuck is this creep talking about i'm gonna go tell on him and he does Like, come on, people, when did Anakin ever show any hint of dabbling with the dark side in Revenge of the Sith? Never, never, not until he, he rises as Lord Vader and doesn't speak another line until Mustafar. Thank you, okay, you're welcome, everybody. All right, thanks, B-Man, I love it. Whew. That's good there stuff. You go. Oh, see, this is like, you know, fuck current events. It really is. It's all about special topics. We should just start doing anything beyond the Dune Sea does. We'll just do it the next yeah. week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Kudos to them, by the way. Another great They gave us a nice little shout out, a nice little Thanksgiving post they made. The, the, the creativity yeah. behind Connor is uncanny. Like they, they have a quality production over there. I'm 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 still going to say Nick and I are probably better to listen to because I'm a dickhead. Mm-hmm. But production-wise, I, I 100% get why they're blowing up. I mean, they, they're they making, like, actual content that you would probably want from Lucasfilm, so good for them. Okay, moving on here. Darth Vader's legacy in uh, Ahsoka. Uh, I don't know if we really care about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Darth Vader's legacy in Ahsoka is, like, I mean, I don't think that that was the key point of any nah, i mean yeah
0: th- this was the one where you and i we, you know we, we figured this out we're like no nah, yeah i mean listen she she learned a valuable lesson that it's okay that she was trained by a soon-to-be mass murderer he also did some good things so i think that's what she's saying there natasha who played sabine kind of talked about how you know soka originally had issues training sabine because sabine reminded her so much of anakin and that 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 warrior mentality kind of flying off the handle. Um a few more quotes here that I do think are relevant. Dave did touch on the new galaxy nick and that he uh doesn't necessarily want to close it off now that it's been open. And I think that's something you've really been kind of itching for here so he says if they were in the star wars galaxy the old star wars galaxy that we know i think somebody would have found them there's too many starships too many people traveling you get a signal out and i think you could have found them and you could found them if they wanted to be found i had to really throw them far afield so he was talking about why he moved ezra and thron so far off the fucking map yeah yeah but but like i said that this broader universe will factor in the future Mandoverse timelines as we've all correctly speculated, especially if we get Ahsoka season two, naturally you have to include it so dave says i'm setting up what seems to be a larger conflict with the imperial remnant that conflict can't just mirror what we've seen before it has to take on a different shape it can't just be the empire versus what looks like the rebellion or even the republic it has to be visually different huh it sounds like dave filoni has been listening to matt and nick (laughs) on the swts right what did we say? We're like, we, we we can't just have bad guys versus good guys. This is where it's like, all right, bring in Abeloth. Bring in some crazy fucking Force God shit from another universe. Bring in a whole other faction from another universe that could uh, kind of convince our known galaxy fucks to work together, right? Did we not speak this into existence? Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, I think that was what we directly talked about when we talked about our wants for Ahsoka Season 2 slash what the potential crossover movie could look like is is really understanding how these events that are happening in this series and in this crossover film are going to have a lasting effect on the galaxy. And the way that that happens is through, intervent- like, third, like you said, third-party intervention. Like, everything that we, every conflict that we've ever seen from Star Wars in a visual medium has been some version of, like, Republic versus Empire. I mean, we got the Republic versus the CIS. Then we got... The Rebellion versus the Empire. Then we got the First Order versus the Resistance. It's all... Right.
0: It's always politi- political yeah. factions is all Star Wars And I is. think that
1: this is kind of what he's hinting at now is like what we're going to see now is not just going to be a rehash of what's already been rehashed three times over. Like we're going to get something that's that's a shakeup and and a real clear difference in terms of the content that we've seen in the past. So I, I'm glad that that he did address that and it does give me a little bit more hope that what we're going to get in this crossover or in Ahsoka season two is not going to just be like bronze guys versus the new Republic. Like, you know,
0: Yeah, and that, that that's kind of what we were saying. I think you, you led that you're like, we've done this. Like this is, this is star Wars since the dawn of star Wars. It's the same shit, different era, really different age, I guess what they're called now. Or are they back to errors? who fucking cares but either way it really is it, it it's a cycle we all know and love but i do like hearing this from the new cco at lucasfilm where he's essentially saying like we, we get it we can't just do empire versus good guys again bad guys versus good guys what do you think he means visually different I mean, could we be battling in the other galaxy or is this hinting at a potential new being, new race, new aliens? Yeah, I mean,
1: I think that visually different, it kind of harkens back to what we were talking about where like the visuals of the battle has have always been like bad guy ships, good guy ships, fight, 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 bad guy. Tie fighters, X-Wings,
0: essentially. (laughs) Like
1: bad guy, ground units, good guy, ground units, fight, fight, fight. And then that was kind of where things ended, you know, like you throw in those, like you put those in a pot, you mix in a couple of Jedi or force users and then boom, that, that has been, and you
0: have a Star Wars trilogy, that's been
1: your formula for Star Wars for 40 years up to this point. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if anything, it's a proven formula that even though has not like recently has been, has been criticized for its storytelling has been a moneymaker. Let's let's be real. Every movie that that Star Wars put out in the Skywalker trilogy under Disney made over a billion dollars. So like you can't argue with the financial success of that. What you can't argue with is the effective storytelling of that, especially now that it's been seen three times over. So what I think this means is like we are going to get a very different visual representation of evil potentially in this new story that they're going to tell
0: like i just i just thought of something that could be right in front of our faces that would be visually different thrones or the the great mother's caskets
1: yeah i mean that would take a very different right? I mean, that, that's, for
0: sure i mean if the if especially if they're truly the like the night sister zombie warriors that we know from the clone wars swego so we'll the video game I mean, they're they're ratty ass looking, like horror characters. I mean, they they they, they look awful. I mean, they they, they look like dead uh, fucking banshees, essentially. Yeah, green eyes, crazy stuff. Yeah, so I I, I dig it. I I, I dig it because y- 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 as we were saying. I mean, oh okay, we're just gonna have angular remnant ships going against more rounded republic ships something we've been seeing for the, the the past two trilogies at this timeline and what we'll see again in the future trilogy after the mandovers right because i mean first order angular ships tie fighters resistance circular ships yeah a wings x wings it's li- literally all the same stuff so I hope it's even more visually different than just a potential Night Sister zombie army or whatever the fucks going on there. I, I I would like something completely bonkers, as we have speculated, either it being Abathor or Balin truly fucking with the Force to the point where it jacks the universe. Um, I dig it though. I, I it's nice to hear that that it's not just going to be retread of angle ships verse round ships again yeah. yeah all right speaking of the gods of mortis and potentially the unleashing of abaloth dave did uh, touch on ray stevenson his untimely passing um you know he just really talked about how how ray was the fucking man but he, he did discuss you know, we, we asked this, too. It's like, well, how, how deep into the shit can you get in Star Wars TV? And when we saw those Gods of Mortis, we're like, well, I, I guess pretty fucking deep. Yeah. But D- but Dave goes on to explain, like, hey, I, I understand that was iffy, but here's what I have to say. I know it's a very specific group of people that would even know what those statues are. Y- you know who he's talking uh,
1: about, so. right? <laughs> uh, so. Yeah,
0: Yeah, the, the, old, the old fanboy yeah, yeah. factions out there. But I thought it was an exciting image... And it does give you the shape of what Balin is after. He makes a point. I mean, even if you're a uh, just a Star Wars dope, you see that closing shot and you're like, okay, well, he's on these big fucking statues and they're pointing at a light in the distance. Yeah. So that must be pretty, pretty special and, and it seems ancient. Uh, it, you know, it, it could have some mysticism wrapped around it, so... Um, I, you know, it, it worked out. It's not like people tried to burn down the franchise cause they saw the gods of Mortis and didn't know who they were. Yeah.
1: If anything, um, it like, if you got to that point in the series and like, I say, if you got to that point in the series, because the question was never whether it was, it was good to bring the gods of Mortis. And the question was around like, is if we're looking to capture, a new audience or if we're looking to recapture a lapsed audience, like, is this the method to do it? So like, I'm just putting that out there because that's what I mean by if you got to this point in the series. So if you got to that point in Ahsoka, all that does is, is present questions in your mind. Like, what are these big statues? What's it pointing to? What does this mean? And like, typically when you do that in a property and like it, it, Garners more investment from the people who got there. Yeah, those. I was gonna
0: say that's a that's a good yeah. thing, right? We, like you you've scratched people's curiosity. So they're gonna want to invest more into whatever you are, and they're gonna see what's coming. Exactly. Next.
1: The the primary question is, did you get them there the right way? Like was, was this the right the right group of of characters to bring them there, or was it too niche of an entrance, and now the people who did get to the end probably already knew what was going on because... Yeah,
0: I I know what you're saying now. You're essentially saying, like, was was Ahsoka even too niche that even the casuals might not have made it Ex- to that exactly. end. And, and it was mostly people like you and I exactly. anyways like it to if end. You're, all
1: end. Right. If your entire goal... like, in, I don't know what their goal was with Ahsoka. That's something that we don't know. But usually when you're putting out content, you have a goal behind it. And if the goal with Ahsoka was, we're trying to acquire new audiences and introduce them to this deep cut Star Wars lore, you may not have done that. But what you did do very well was expose an audience that is familiar with the characters in Ahsoka. So like familiar with the lore of, uh, of rebels familiar with the lore of Clone Wars, you introduced them to, you know, the next branch of Star Wars storytelling very effectively. I'll say it that way. Um, but it's, it's yet to be seen if Ahsoka was an effective vehicle to, introduce new audiences to these concepts so
0: yeah i mean it's a good point the numbers clearly weren't great but it was also a bit kneecapped i mean it was it was ahsoka Mm -hmm. to start the strike so no one could promote it i mean literally like like the last promo you got involving the team that made it was star wars celebration way back in what fucking april So it'll be interesting to see if if articles like this and and just the stars on social media pound on that if there will be an uptick in Ahsoka viewership on on the back end. Um, sticking with Balin here, Dave, you, you know he 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 realized what we all realize. He's like, listen, you know Balin's story clearly isn't over, even though Ray Stevenson has has moved on. But th- but this was kind of funny too. And you know Nick and I, this is kind of how we describe Balin. But it's always fun hearing it from the the creator here. So here's, here's Dave on, on Balin, he's a person that survived the Clone Wars, that was trained in the waxing waning days of the Jedi Knights, just like Anakin. He saw his order, his way of life fall apart, and he's basically deemed it a failure. That way did not work, that it's not something worth resurrecting, which is why he tells his apprentice, Shin, I didn't teach you to be a Jedi, I taught you to be something more. He's tried to take these teachings that he learned as a young person and create his own way of being, and he's looked at the cycle of things and said, enough with this. If I have this power, I should wield it. I should be the one making decisions, which a lot of people with power decide that's the way to go. He's also very certain that what he's doing now is the right thing. Obviously, there's a story Mm -hmm. there. We're in a wait-and-see pattern at this point, but I'm glad the conversation is about Ray and how great he was. I used to have many debates with him and say, Ray... You're the villain here. And he'd be like, I don't think so. I was like, I know you don't think so, but you are. I love that you're playing it like you're not, which is exactly the way Balin thinks. So clearly we we nailed our analysis of Balin to a T, yeah. right? And we're like, he's, he's a bad guy, but he doesn't think he's a bad guy because he thinks what he's doing is I'm, righteous. Yeah.
1: The one thing that I'm surprised about is that he just straight up came out and said, if I have this power, I should wield it. I should be the one making decisions.
0: So what, what he's saying is Balin essentially wants to become the father. Yeah. Like he wants to be the champion of the force and be the, the, the chosen one, maybe like pick up to where, you know, maybe he, he feels like, Hey, Anakin didn't do what he's supposed to do. Now I'm going to go do it this yeah. way.
1: And that's why I'm so surprised that he said it, because I don't think that up to where we are in the storytelling around Balin's character right now, that this was an, e- that, that this was clear that w- that's what he was doing. I think that there was still a lot of ambiguity in what his yeah. journey was. So the, the,
0: f- I mean, Nick, he, he physically said, I need to destroy the, the beginning. I need to end the cycle. Yeah. And, you know, we we took that, those terms of like, he wants to just either end the force, blow this place up. And like you're saying, Dave has pretty much put it out there that he wants to become the the wielder of the yeah. force. Capital T, capital H, capital yeah. E, like the like form father. He
1: wants to be the arbiter of how the force is used and who it's given to which is an interesting storyline to tell but like the fact that he kind of essentially gave that plot point away for free
0: yeah it's uh, abalah yeah like seems oh, a little odd
1: that like he was just but i mean like the abalah thing could still happen cuz like we were saying the whole time like
0: that yeah that could be the power he's you know, talking like, about like he he yeah like it he's yeah or or like i think what you're going to say he's being influenced through the force by a nefarious exactly. actor that that's actually manipulating him even though he thinks he's just following this but you are right i mean w- when you think about what dave's saying here like hey he learned this shit as a jedi knight obviously they they're teaching him about paridia the mortis gods so he he clearly knew what he was he's looking for so he could as dave is saying just be going there to try to become a a keeper of the force the champion of the force himself or as we're hoping it's all still a ruse by a much more evil force power that is trying to be unleashed back into the universe um blah 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 ahsoka's next steps nothing set in stone yet all right in terms of ahsoka season two clearly dave's movie is still intact so we know we're going to see ahsoka in that more than likely um, I, as Nick and I talked, we we really need a second season. I know he's not a huge fan of Tic Tac Toe Throne, but I think to really flesh out this this Mando verse to the point where we are going to have a big end game type of movie, we need more time. Mm-hmm. We need more Ahsoka. We need our our fourth season of Mando at minimum. I mean, if you think about it, Nick, we're only looking at three. One gar- well two guaranteed shows, Skeleton Crew and Mando, Mando yep. S four. That's that's the only story left to tell before the big movie, and I I don't yeah. I don't think we're there. I, we're not there, so he he's gonna need a second you season.
1: Need like we're not even to the point to where the stakes are set yet. Like you, you, we need to at least get to the point to where like these are the stakes, and like to really understand what's. On the line, because like right now, the way things ended is like, yeah, Thrawn's there. Like Thrawn is 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 back in the galaxy, in
0: a busted ass ship with decimated forces. Yeah, with, with
1: no forces, with whatever is hidden within the compa- like the 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 cargo bay of the Chimera, which we assume is some sort of like ultra like like powerful you know fighting force or a,
0: yeah, like a dark magic yeah. army. I think is what yeah. we we're. Saying it could be,
1: but like we don't even have the stakes set yet. So like we have to get to a point for the movie that like we understand what what what's that that fucking state. Like you know, you can't launch a movie and be like, okay, well Thrawn's back, so let's fucking fill in all of the shit that needs to happen before the fight happens, and do the fight, and do the aftermath. Like
0: no, yeah, I mean you you got to see the remnant reform under Thrawn, and if there's any power struggles there you got to see how the new republic reacts is is mon gonna have to you know fight ziono or this that and the other thing what the fuck is ezra gonna be doing is he gonna be focused on stopping thrawn or getting sabine and ahsoka back and oh by the way they're in a different galaxy how, how you get how you gonna explain them coming back if we just jump right to a movie yeah. so i i really i really hope we get a, a second ahsoka we better get Mando S4. I always thought we were going to get eight seasons of Mando, but I guess people are, are tuning out of that now too. So that's probably going to end. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of work left to do in this Mando verse before we get to Dave's movies. But now that the strikes are over, we're at least going to be getting some insights into all that stuff. All right. Up next we have uh, Daisy Ridley. She's out pimping a new movie, the Marsh King's daughter. I believe it's on streamers. Uh, she was talking to Collider, Nick, and um, she she essentially explained like, "Dude, I didn't even know that we we were gonna, I was going to be involved in a new movie." It was like a, a few days before we announced it at Celebration. So I think she's she's essentially explaining to him like, "Hey, when I saw you at Cannes, I I wasn't trying to lie to you or anything. I I really I, yeah, didn't. Know I don't know if I was going to be yeah if I was going to be back in Star Wars." But what she does say here that has like some some meat to it is. She is. A, I guess I could read. It. I'll, I'll. I'll get down to the to the end because I summarize what what she said before. But um, talking about celebration, she's like. Uh I was shitting myself before I went on stage because no one knew I was going to that. No one knew I was going to Celebration Bar like Kathy and there were a couple of people. I was so nervous. Oh my god, it was such a wonderful reception. I'm very excited. The story is really cool. I'm waiting to read a script because obviously I don't have any other updates. It's not what I expected, but I'm very excited.
1: Hmm, interesting.
0: So the story, she she knows the story and she's telling us that it's not what she expected, but she's excited about it. I'm not sure, not quite sure how to parse that out. Yeah, I
1: mean, you know, you would imagine that the expectation would be like, I am like Ray is the new, you know, Force user in the galaxy and is going to start to reform some sort of order. I mean, I think that that's what... The general expectation is, or at least like that's what most people would think is the story is like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take up the mantle of what I think should be done here. Especially the way that it ended with like her having the texts from the tree with her having the, you know, now communed with the, the, the most powerful force entities to ever exist to take out one of the most fo- powerful dark side entities to ever exist like you would think that her her now life mission would be like all right like let's get fucking rolling again like let's let's start moving again so i i am interested to see like what this direction is because it honestly seemed like a pretty straightforward start at yeah, least the-
0: I know. It's like I don't. I mean, who knows? She could just be blowing smoke up this guy's ass. Yeah. But she, you know, specifically said it's not what I expected. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 we could go all over the place with that. I mean, is is Ben coming back in ghost form and working with her? Is Finn going to be there? I mean, is, is she going to be aged enough that there's been decades that have passed since Tross? I think these are all things that might be unexpected to her. I don't know. I, I, I was kind of intrigued by that. And, and the other thing, Nick, she also went on because all they announced is like, hey, yeah, Daisy's going to have this movie. James Mangold's doing this one. Dave's doing that mm-hmm. one. Daisy now she's saying, I know the storyline for one film. That's not to say that that's all it is, but that's what I was told about. And I imagine it will be the next film, I think. I mean, again, I don't know post strikes and everything, how quickly everything will start up again. But yes, so far, I know the story of one film, and I think people will be very excited. I think there's multiple ways to take this. She's either talking about the three announced movies, and she only knows the story about the ones she's involved in, or she's heard that whatever she's involved in could potentially be more than one film. Is that what you're getting yeah. or was it clearer to you? To
1: me, I definitely think that those are the, the two ways to interpret it. And to me, I almost think it's straying towards the the latter, like towards, I know the story for this one, the first one, not sure what the story is for the second one yet. Like she is expecting that there is, that she will be in another one after after the one that we already yeah
0: it, yeah it, it it's weird but i i think one thing we can definitely take from this is that it is going to be the first movie yeah yeah once once they get cracking on it. i i really think that's what i when she says and i imagine it will be the next film i think i think she's actually talking about the next the, film to yeah, actually to hit release, fucking theaters to release which is going to be crazy because she was in the last one that was in theaters many, many years ago at this yeah, point in time. Years. I mean, where, where are we up? We up to five four, years, four now? years, 2019, four years. Yeah, four Jesus. Years. Holy shit. Uh, that is crazy. If, if you think about that, people, they were at a two year cadence. We would have already seen two more star Wars movies. If the shit didn't get all fucked yeah, up. Yeah. I mean, that is wild. It is
1: crazy. But I mean, what's, what's interesting is like, we obviously know that there's been a writing change on the Ray movie correct
0: the the Stephen Knight has taken it over from Damon Lindelof
1: and we know that the director has stayed on so what's really interesting here is what are they like how are they going to refresh things because up until this point in Star Wars we just talked about how the three trilogies have essentially told versions of the same story three different times um and you know like, what What are you going to do to shake it up? Like, how are you going to change the dynamic that has become expected for Star yeah. Wars?
0: It, it, so, Nick, is this the out, outside force movie finally? I would not hope so. Not force force, but, like, the Vong or or one of these motherfuckers finally coming in and, and giving our galaxy's good guys a new problem to deal with? I think with? so.
1: And, like, as fucked up as this may sound is, but, like, The Filoni stuff, like, what what Dave is doing with this new galaxy, introducing a new galaxy, may be, like, the test run for what is to come in the next big movie, you know? Like, we've never had an outside galaxy introduced in Star Wars before. We've never even had entities from the unknown regions really make their way into a live-action Star Wars movie until the end of Tross, and, like... And those forces that we saw from the unknown region weren't even unknown region forces. It was just Palpatine that happened to make his way there. Like the, the fact that we now have an an entire new galaxy introduced that could bring in a ton of, of outside influence into the known galaxy would be really interesting if that's how they decided to treat the new movie uh, with, with Daisy in it. So like, you know stuff like the use on vong like people have been like when are the vong going to come in like the opportunity is now there hey, nick
0: were, I mean, was the vong force sensitive or did they have some sort of magic like why were they so unstoppable i do
1: believe that they
0: had cuz i i i do i i think another way to go with this with the ray movie if it's not an an outside alien force some force that has mastered the dark side. Like, like we get away from the political machinations of star Wars and it's literally all the mystical shit in this movie where it is truly her new order and the light versus this, this dark order that either existed in another universe and made it here, or that has been actually doing kind of Palpatine type of shit and has been waiting its time, biding its time, building up power. And now it's ready to attack. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I don't want it to be another <laughs> just like we're talking yeah. about the Mando verse. I, I so I I'm, I'm with Alien Force coming in or some sort of mystical force fucking with Rey. I don't want it to be traditional Star Wars good guys and girls versus traditional Star Wars bad bad yeah. girls and I boys. I mean the,
1: the the Vong. Like if you're gonna introduce a a potential,
0: that's saying they could block the force. They, they couldn't block
1: anything. it. They were immune to it. So, like, okay. they, like, Force a bit, like, they were just straight up immune to Force sense. Like,
0: their midichlorians could kick other midichlorians' chlorians. So, ass the thing
1: is, is I don't think they had midichlorians. Like, if you were looking at it in terms of a, like, in-universe, like, Got the it. Force is the Force because everything in this known galaxy has some level of midichlorian in it. They they had none. They had no force presence. They couldn't be sensed by the Jedi. They were unaffected by most force powers because they didn't like got the the assumption was they didn't have the midichlorians in them to be affected by it. So like almost like like where Toidarians are immune to to like uh you know the mind trick. Mind trick they tricks. were immune to okay, almost that everything. That makes sense. So got you. Yeah. Right. I think the only thing that they weren't immune to was like, like, like the physical manifestation of like force push. Like if you like, because they weren't, because that didn't affect their, their body. That was just like a force pushing You're affecting
0: them. the, yeah, you're affecting the midichlorians in the in yeah, the Yeah, something like right? that. Yeah. But like. The ones that are around us, binding yeah. us, around us. I
1: can't us. remember exactly what. Force powers they, w- they yeah, yeah. were affected we, by we don't
0: but- we we don't need to know the the inside and out i think what we need to know is this would be fun yeah okay where where we have an established star wars hero of the light side who's a fake skywalker that doesn't matter but it, 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 it would be neat it would be something fresh something new something from the books that you all love so i'm down for it all right speaking of shit we should get down for in 2024 now, you know, we kind of went through this a week or two ago where I was just using logic and, and, you know, sound thought in real life and saying, hey, I think we'll be lucky to get two live action Star Wars in 2024. The first being Skeleton Crew, because it should have came out this year. Second being The Acolyte, because I believe it was done with Principal and mostly in post when the strikes happen. We talked about how Andor didn't even finish Principal. So I felt like that one didn't really have a chance for 2024. Well... The Dorks over at Empire are saying something different. Mm. Okay? They, they we got a snippet from I think it's their January 2024 issue of Empire that talks about the Disney Plus slate in 2024 and Nick sure enough they're throwing Andor in there as a as a done deal alongside Skeleton Crew and the Acolyte.
1: Yeah, I mean that's interesting. So the so here's what I assume happened then they, when the strikes came down, writer and uh, SAG, they took what they had, or like at a certain point, they took what they had and they sent it to post. And they were like, you guys fucking do everything you can on this and get it to the point to where it's as ready as it can be for when we restart. That's the only thing that I can think of for to be able to both finish filming yeah, and go through post and pickups, right. and then also be ready in less than a year.
0: Yeah, I, I, so I, I am still, I would be shocked if Andor Season 2 saw the light of day in 2024. That, that, that's the one I'm just highly skeptical of. I, I think Skeleton Crew, 100%. I mean, it, it, we should be watching it probably today or tomorrow, whenever the fuck they release Star Wars now. So that one I could see dropping as early as February, March, of of 2024 uh, acolyte i could see being dr- kind of like the ahsoka show in 23 where it comes out in that that early fall period i just don't especially with bad batch season three scheduled i i don't know i don't and as nick said i just don't think it's physically possible to finish principal, get through all of post and have a, you know, an eight, 10 episode show ready to rock by this time next year. It just, it seems insurmountable. I mean, it to me. would,
1: it would make more sense if everything was shot sequentially. Like if you're filming, like we're going to do all of episode one, we're going to do yeah, all of yeah, episode that, two. Yeah, but doesn't, that's, that doesn't yeah, happen, that's not right? how they film things. So like. No,
0: they, they shoot scenes and, and based on budgets and where they're traveling at that point in time. I mean, a lot of shows, people, they may film the end before the beginning, yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, that's why they, they get paid a ton of money because acting is, is very, very difficult. It actually is if you want to be good, but you know, sometimes when they talk about like it's, you know, being a doctor or something that you're actually saving lives, it's like, all right, people calm yeah, down. It's not
1: that serious. I love,
0: <laughs> yeah, I love creatives. I love artists, but l- let's be real. You're literally playing pretend. So yeah, there you go. I, 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 I would, I would take bad batch S3 skeleton crew an acolyte to the bank for 2024 Andor. i just I, I think that's a pipe dream yeah
1: it would be super surprising uh, if Andor released
0: and i i don't think they've done four star wars shows in a year's time either it's usually two or three see, yeah not that that i oh, mean i no, guess because we, we had we had tales and visions yeah. and bad batch like do you and mando and ahsoka so we we did have five this year yeah in in 23 oh well hey shit's back up and running Just means we're gonna, or I get to stay up late or get up early to make content for two people. I'm excited. All right, it is time for this episode's special topic. I know you all have been patiently waiting to see our custom graphics. We are ranking the Boken Jedi. All right, right now we're looking at my deck. Nick also has a deck. I'll give you a tease. We're we're, we're pretty spot on. Our back ends and our front ends. There's, there's a little bit of variety, but the middle we pretty much uh, mm-hmm. were thinking the the exact same Jedis. But just real quick if anyone needs setup for this, what is a Boken Jedi? All right we learned this in ahsoka from Balin's skull. A Boken Jedi is any Jedi trained after order 66, meaning they were not trained at the temple. All right uh, we, I will tell you there are some Jedi here that were trained in a temple but not the Temple. We are running with them as being boken, although you probably could argue that, hey, they're, they're training under Luke Skywalker at a temple. But no, we're going with Balin's definition. Any, any Jedi trained after Order 66. All right. Mm-hmm. And there are 12 of them. Yes. And a, a lot of them come from comics. So uh, if, if you haven't been reading the comics, you're probably gonna be like, all right, whatever you guys say. Luckily, I'm familiar with all these Jedi from the comics because I do read a little bit because they have pictures and not <laughs> words all right so coming in at number 12 on Matt's list I have a Jedi named Vo all right for those of you that don't know Vo was one of Luke's first disciples at his new temple Vo was very much like Sabine Wren in that she did not have a natural affinity for the Force. But Vo, when Kyla or Ben went a little goofy, she was also the one ready to kind of get down the brass tacks and take care of business. Uh, but b- because she wasn't very skilled and a little off the handle, I have placed Vo at number 12.
1: Yeah, um, I was familiar well, with Vo... Actually, sorry,
0: Nick. This is your number okay, 12. Yeah. So I, would say that. I just pretend Nick said that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So
1: my number 12 was Vo. Vo was from the um, Rise of Kylo, Kylo Ren comic uh, series. Correct.
0: Art. It was like a four, four issue mini yeah, series. So, yep. so
1: read that when it released. And the, the reason it's like, I didn't go back and read them. I know that like my bottom three essentially are from this comic run. Vo was, to my knowledge, the first one killed <laughs> when, uh, as far as I remember, she was one of the first ones to get killed when Ben y- turned. Yeah,
0: no, Bat, Bat, she did not survive Ben's onslaught. She She, did not. she went with Ty and Henix as like the last three to try and fully stop him after he fucked everything yeah. up. But yeah, she didn't Yeah, make so
1: it. she was the first of those three to get whacked. So I was like, okay, you're... You're the last one. You're All number right. twelve. That, that makes sense. <laughs> so.
0: All right. Well, let let me let me repeat. Now I'll do my number twelve. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. Okay, my number twelve. <clears throat> oh man, I'm starting to get the hiv. Is Henix, another one of Luke's students, and and the reason I made him twelve, Nick, is because this guy was a bum. All right, a complete bum. Yeah. All he cared about was puzzles and using the force to solve puzzles, which led him to gravitate towards holocrons and trying to get them open so to me he was he was you know he's a little aloof, wasn't really focusing on all aspects of the force. Uh, he just seemed kind of kind of goofy and and out there, so that's why I put him at twelve all right, now that I'm on my deck, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to my eleven Let's do it. All right. Does that make yes. sense, Dan the Man? Welcome back. How's it going? Okay, there she is. I had Nick. I had Vo at eleven for for many of the same reasons. Like she she just wasn't naturally gifted, and as Nick said, because of that and her willingness to go after Ben and kind of fight him with zero caution, yeah. she takes she takes my eleven spot for essentially just sacrificing her body.
1: Yeah, she just like. Literally, like, the movie scene where you, like, some, like, third-rate character jumps at the main character and just gets, like, instantly annihilated is kind of <laughs> what happens to Vo when it comes down to
0: it. Yeah. Uh, hey, real quick, Day in the Man has one a character that I would, would be sweet to see in the Ray movie, Darth Talon. Darth Talon was supposed to be, along with Maul, the big bad of the sequels, according to George Lucas, so... Dan the man i I would not be i hey, listen a red and black Twilek, please yeah i I don't know if my if my heart could handle that i would I would love Talon to be in live action yeah,
1: no, I think that that would be a good addition. I think that she was a super interesting character for sure and I, I think that yeah. they could use her to good effect
0: all right, so Nick's number eleven is
1: Ty ty and again, like for me, Ty and Henox, you can probably like flip, like you those are interchangeable. But the way that you could look at Ty Hanix and Vo as the, you know, as people who haven't read this comic run is like these were like like three close friends of Ben during their time at the Jedi
0: Temple. Correct. They would have been in the same class. Exactly. You right? Like freshmen together. Yeah. Or something like so that. like
1: they they came up together, they learned together. Ben was obviously the most talented prospect out of all of them, coming from the Skywalker lineage. And then when shit fell apart, it, it kind of fell to these three, Ty Hennix and Vo, to like try to be the ones to to stop him from from destroying the whole order. And eventually, what happens is like they all like come at him in their own way, and they all get killed. um Ty was probably the most gifted fighter of all three of them. um I think he was the closest to Ben as yeah, well yeah he was he was like ben uh, I think he was the last one to die, um but he he like falls to Ben as well pretty easily. Um, he comes in at my number 11, but like I said, him and Henix kind of can flip between the two. Um, but yeah, like he, he gets cut down by Ben as all of the other Padawans and and trainees at, at Luke's order did.
0: He kind of looks like the Lex Luthor of Star Wars. Too.
1: Very, very bald, <laughs> very clean. Wolf. If
0: you're if you're on the live stream, it, it, we have a graphic of tie up. Yeah, he's he's very Lexi looking. Yeah. All right, Nick. Since we're on you and I, we already know my eleven. Let's go to your ten. My
1: ten is Henix. Uh, there he is. is. Henix. Yeah. So th- I guess the reason for me the the reason why I put Henix there is like I always he looks cooler. He does look cooler. <laughs> he is. He's a he's a Quarren, I believe. Right. <laughs> uh yep. uh-huh. he's a Quarren jedi which obviously we didn't see much of but um he was very <sighs> in tune with the force i guess i'll put it that way which is why yes i like ranked him slightly higher it's like in in these and well, you you're right he's kind of like a force dork yeah, like if if there was anybody out there who was going to form into like a very formidable jedi if given enough time and training it probably would have been Hennix just because of his deep connection to the force. Like you were saying, like he was always interested in learning secrets of the force through holocrons and connecting with the living force as much as he could. He wasn't as focused on like the combat aspects of the force. So I just thought that like, if you're going to rank these three, like it's hard because they all essentially die within three days of each other and they all get killed by the same person. So like, Maybe in my mind, like Hennix had the, had the most potential to be a, like a a formidable Jedi.
0: Fair enough. So, I mean, like I said, Nick and I, our ends and fronts are mixed. So my 10 is Ty. And the reason Ty made 10 on my list is because of what I just said a few minutes ago. He, he and Ben were the closest. He also was skilled and he really out of all three of these Boken Jedi, he tried his damnedest to talk Ben off the yeah. ledge. But like he was kind of the last the last line of of peace when before they realized like, all right, we we're just gonna have to start swinging sabres. So tie to me, Nick, as as a Boken, at least one of Luke's boken he seemed the most well-rounded mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. like like he he was kind of your 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 middle your your average guy he was average at everything instead of excelling at one or the other yeah
1: he was like a very prototypical uh, jedi trainee like from even if you went back to like the 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 days of the grand republic like they yeah. would yeah exactly you know, like he would be like in boots on the ground, Jedi Knights, you know, eventually may work his may- way up to master, but like right. didn't I didn't think that, that that Ty had it in him to be like if you're if you're comparing it to the Grand Republic, he, he would have never been on the council like he w- he would have been a Jedi master, he would have trained other Jedi, but he would have never made his way up into the the, the council.
0: Kind of like a Qui-Gon, yeah. then, Qui- Qui-Gon Jin, yeah. that style, like 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 a, like a master, but not not to sit on the politics and, and make. Policy. Exactly like he is. He would yeah. be
1: like the the prototypical master to like bring a Jedi from Padawan tonight and graduate them through to every like to the full status of master at some point.
0: I like what Dan the man's saying here. What what if we got a Hut Jedi or a Gungan Jedi?
1: A Hut Jedi would be the most interesting thing in the world A Hut Jedi to would watch. be awesome. <laughs> that, that would be
0: fucking awesome. Like,
1: just to see how they and, and like just to see how they would adapt that like how does he fight? How does he move around? They, they
0: would I mean, yeah, right? They'd have to just be Force experts yeah, yeah. cuz it's it's not like you know, they could I don't know, maybe they get on a an advanced repulsor sled that that they can control with the force and it has lightsabers coming out the sides of it like a like a hacksaw or a chainsaw i like i like the way you think dan the man that that's a crazy ass visual all right going to my number nine here in the uh, ranking our Boken jedi and all right this one obviously i had to do some research on because it comes from a book we all know i don't read words and shit but when i read it i was like well hell Knowing my 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 fetish with Twi'leks mm-hmm. and uh, she had force powers and helped Luke train other Jedi, Enyo takes number nine. So apparently next she was a, a force sensitive Twi'lek that worked with Luke at his temple on Ossus mm-hmm. and she actually trained some of the younglings. Her fate is unknown, but most people are saying she too died in Ben's uprising at the temple.
1: Yeah, I, uh, we're, we're. 100% aligned on, on okay so one. you're um, mine was also I also had Enyo at nine all right look um, at that, and it was for the reasons that we're, you a, we're a dyad we're, we're right in line we can feel the Fucking power dyad, of the force dude. until
0: watch out Palpatine's gonna come here and yeah. suck her life essence right. out
1: Um, but yeah I mean <laughs> the, the real thing that pushed Enyo over the top for me was like she had already graduated to the point of like training yes. like she's training training other yeah
0: people. exactly um, okay that, that, that's kind of how i yeah. thought well you know obviously my my creepy obsession with with twi'lek women helped a little bit but I, i'm with you it's like hey she was already maybe not a master but at least a knight and able to train padawans all right so we'll go to Nick's eight here
1: yes my eight is verla which is like Again, like not somebody that I knew a ton about, so just
0: I I'm fairly fresh on her because I've been reading the the Star Wars comic where she just popped up. It might have been a year or two ago, but uh, she could have killed Luke Skywalker. I'll just put it that she had him trapped, dead to rights. Yeah, I remember. thought he was an inquisitor because her her former master got hunted down by inquisitors. She was hunted down by inquisitors. Um, so Nick, I went, I, I wouldn't say she was a full on Jedi Knight, but she was potent enough in the force that she was constantly being hunted down by the inquisitorious so much so that her paranoia almost led her to murder Luke Skywalker. Yeah.
1: So like, I remembered the Luke stuff and then just like reading about her Mm. background and like, you know, trained as, uh, you know, trained as a Jedi trainee, (laughs) like, um, was in the order for a short period of time before it's fall um and then like you said kind of remained a thorn in the side of the inquisitorius throughout the time between rots and in a new hope so the fact that she had like formal jedi training under I mean, like
0: again, like well, she, she, she. I don't think it was when the order existed, but she was trained. Oh, from trained
1: from somebody a, from the order.
0: A, a classical yeah. Jedi, which so was, so was Luke. Yeah. So I mean, it's she still fits the boke yeah. classification. So she's
1: she's in that. She has more more formal training than the others, like. You know, coming yeah. from, like, directly from somebody who was in in the Grand Republic, who was in the Jedi Order, who was imparting that wisdom over to her, um, I feel like that gives her a leg up. Like, having survived, uh, like, through the aftermath of Order 66 and, and like, oh, yeah. survived in that, in that time period where, like, everybody who was Force-sensitive was being hunted, whether it was to be recruited to the Inquisitorius or killed— once they found out that they were Jedi sympathizers or whatever. So for her to like survive as long as she did in the time period that she did definitely makes her a formidable yeah.
0: opponent. No, I'm hundred percent. And really for me, the other one was she bested yeah. a Skywalker. Yeah. I mean, he was, he's still dopey Luke. I mean, we're talking in between empire and, and return of the Jedi Luke. So he's still a little goofy, but it, she had him dead. I mean, I, I believe she trapped him in a submersible prison and essentially was drowning him. He had he he wasn't getting out. Yeah. All right, that was year eight. I'm pre, are, Is it, I think this is where we link up. The nine eight. Yeah. So so I was I was Verla too. I pretty much explained why I picked it. So I guess it's time to go to seven. But I think we're we're still linked here. So number seven in my Boken Jedi ranking is Sabine Wren.
1: We are aligned.
0: Um, yes. Yeah, she's, you know, I mean, she's seven. I, I like the character, so I wanted her to be not in the double digits. But we we just kind of saw her Jedi prowess. We heard about it from Hu Yang. She was a zero. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just not good at it. But as we saw with the finale and her kind of coming to grips with this shit, she is starting to open up to it and could be quite skilled, especially when you factor in her Mandalorian um, background. Mm-hmm. So that that's why I put her at seven. She's, you know, not quite super strong in the force, but her potential I feel was greater than the ones we just listed. Yeah, so I... Because of her Mandalorian roots, mostly. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that, like, we're definitely aligned there in, in terms of, like, the reasons for putting her there. Like, she doesn't have the natural ability that even some of the people under her do. Correct. You know, like, the, the people that are lower in but the ranks...
0: You, She's done more, way more important things. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like she has good people at her side to help bring her along in her journey with Ezra and with Ahsoka. She has the ability to really understand like what her goals are to become a more complete Jedi. And she's already just within the span of Ahsoka season one, kind of like dedicated herself more to training more to understanding the path to becoming a Jedi and, and like following through with what ahsoka and potentially Ezra will be teaching her moving forward so I think that that's why she jumps up above some of the other ones that we listed below her even though her her skill set is a little less than those so yeah
0: yeah I'm with you the potential factor was great yes. all right so Nick's number six Is Leia Leia Organa Skywalker. Indeed. So this is where it gets hard. Uncanny Leia, by the way, if you're looking at the graphic. (laughs) Like, this is... It really fucking freaks me out looking at this version of Carrie Fisher. It's not right. It's not right. (laughs) There's nothing behind those eyes, man.
1: It's It's not real. But this is... So this is where the... This is where the rankings get hard. Because... We know Leia's potential. Yeah. Like Leia's potential of is, is <laughs> of limitless.
0: Like it, it's greater than Luke's if you listen to Yoda's other point of view. Exactly. Yoda.
1: But she made a conscious choice Correct. to not follow this path. And Correct. because of that, you can't put her higher. Because it's not like her training was interrupted by something else. Not like she was killed before she could reach her potential or anything like that. She knew what she could be. And she chose not to follow that path. So you have to put her below some of the uh, other contenders in here. Like we know that her potential was extremely high, but she chose to go on the path of being the leader of the resistance to being more of a political figurehead within the new Republic and really following that path and choosing to make a difference in a way that wasn't based around her force sensitivity, but was based around her ability to inspire people and to inspire a a a galaxy in flux. So that's why for yeah, me, she's, Leia she, she's
0: a dreamer. She's a dreamer like her dad. Yeah. She had a dream about her her son and was like, "All right, fuck this, I quit." Yeah. So so I, I I'm a, I I think we're aligned on this one too. Let me go check sure are are. so i i really can't add much to nick's argument for lay at six that's exactly what i was thinking It's like yeah we know she's a skywalker we know she's loaded with those middies but she chose not to take advantage of it and and fully realize her potential yes she still dabbled in the force here and there we saw that she saved herself helped finish race training off screen by the way off screen and, um, but yeah, Nick, Nick, I can't really explain it any better than Nick. And the fact that she just doesn't look like a <laughs> real living human being when we saw her in the rise of sky or what was that? The last Jedi. That
1: was Tross. I think this was Tross. Uh, was it? All right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I
0: think it was Tross. Who, who the fuck knows? All right. So my number five, I think we're still aligned on five and then shit gets goofy din grogu all right these assholes at the thanksgiving day parade like oh hey here comes grogu i'm like his name's din grogu (laughs) you idiots all right din grogu at number five okay okay, all right well listen like leia he's kind of like hey fuck it i i know some shit learned a little bit hung out with luke for i don't know John Favreau says a few years. We say a couple of days. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but he, I mean, he clearly has ridiculous potential. He has retained some of his traditional training. That's why he makes it as Boken because he he never finished training yeah. at the temple. He was a fucking baby for Christ's sake. But just knowing what what his species can do with the Force puts him at number five. I mean, he. Probably even more so than Leia has a greater potential to tap into some fucking wild force abilities and power. So yeah. that's why I got I got my man Din yeah. Grogu at five. I
1: think we are we're aligned there too. He's on my
0: he's my yep, five. There you go. And Nick Nick. So why why do you I mean we all know you hate his guts and hope <laughs> he dies, so why why do you have him at I five? I mean, I
1: you, you laid it out. I mean, he was another instance of like got a taste of the Jedi training and chose to not follow that path. And, you know, obviously his story isn't complete yet and we don't know what lies in the future for him. But up to this point, we know that he has chosen the path of the Mandalorian to walk and not the path of the Jedi, which even with all of his innate ability in his, you know, like that that's just built into him as a being, like... If he doesn't train in it and he doesn't focus on it and he doesn't choose to walk that path then he's not going to be able to become as powerful as he could be and and you know may not even become as powerful as the people that we have listed above him even though his potential is greater. So right. I think that that you know we're we're definitely in line on why he falls. You're a
0: quitter, Grogu. Din Grogu, you're That's a quitter. Right. I mean,
1: who knows? Maybe after the events of Uh this this crossover and everything like that. He he may see value in in walking the path of the Jedi, but right now where Grogu sits right now in canon, he is a number five.
0: Yeah, he uses his force to protect his dad and to to eat. Yeah, to
1: eat frogs. That
0: is Yeah, murder (laughs) frogs.
1: That's his forces.
0: All right, Nick. I think this is where things get off 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 the 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 rails a little bit. So Nick's number four is Ray from nowhere, aka Skywalker, aka Clone Palpatine, baby.
1: Yeah. So again, I can only like I'm only basing this on what is available to us now. Um, I put Ray at four because she is clearly a a very powerful Jedi that has a ton of potential to grow. But up until this point with her, we haven't really seen her hit her her potential yet, but we know that she's going to, we know that she has chosen to follow the path and, and, and build her force essence and her force abilities up. My problem with that is now you're in, you're in the Luke bucket where you had very little training. You have nobody to train you moving forward. And you're kind of just like, you she's got the books Yeah, you got the books but that's all you got and like the training that she got like she probably got less training than fucking luke did like like luke you you didn't
0: just hear me man <laughs> Leia trained her for like a year off screen all
1: off screen apparently so
0: she did call Leia master did. and, and tross so something happened right she did
1: so she got some training but
0: i think <clears throat> just like luke's off-screen training yeah, i mean there, there's all sorts of off-screen all training of the in Star off-screen Wars. training that happens
1: <laughs> um but right right now, I think that, given who's left, I think that her potential, even though Ben's dead now, I think that her potential, even when they were both alive, was lower than Ben's. I think that Ben had a higher ceiling than ooh, she did.
0: Ooh, um, but they're a, dyad, they're a dyad,
1: Nick. They're linked. They're a dyad, but I do think all that right, all because, right. of, because of Ben's head start in his learning in like in his training, learning from one of the most legendary Jedi of all time, being of that lineage. She knew how to heal
0: before Ben. It's true, Ooh. but it's
1: because Ben chose the path <laughs> of the dark, and he didn't unlock I know, I that. Know. If you're if you're in the video game world, like he went on the other skill tree side, like he went towards the 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 dark yeah, side force choke, kill it. you, read your mind <laughs> yeah. tree, and she went
0: towards. The reds the, he, he went reds versus blue. exactly so. Uh, bat's asking when do we get the taylor swift jedi whenever man I, apparently she's moving into the new mansion for the next couple months before her japanese tour yeah, so yeah. if if taylor can do <clears throat> for star wars what she's done for the nfl let's, let's go do it. But, let's go like let's go but yeah i mean i think for me
1: ray comes down at four right now because right. of where we left her journey and and what she had learned up to that point um, so okay. that, that's why I have at four.
0: I will, I will reserve my commentary until we get to our, my list. Cause this is where we, the, um, kind of separate again. All right. So my number four, and this was painful. D- I know who
1: you, I've, I think and I know who you put there. I'm,
0: I'm blaming Nick <laughs> for this. Okay. I put Ezra at number four and it hurt. It hurt me emotionally and physically because I'm a huge Ezra mm-hmm. fan. I, I love him. Like he, he to me is like he is the Boken Jedi. Him and Luke are they are the Boken Jedi, the true Boken Boken motherfuckers. I mean, you could argue Ezra is even more Boken than Luke because he's he was trained by a fucking Padawan, where Luke was trained by multiple masters, one being a fucking Grandmaster. Yeah, yeah. But the reason I put him for Nick, is because I I do believe three, two, and one are that much more powerful in the Force. Their potential was was bigger. They they have done more at the, the current point of their lives in the Star Wars universe. And because I think it was you on the show at one point in time, you're like, Ezra's a fucking dopey doofus. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, yeah, you got a point. Um, I, I don't love this, but I do, for me, it did make sense putting Ezra at four because three, two, and one, they're just that much more in tune with the force. They're way more gifted. They come from what i hate thank you tross for making this a thing the 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 lineage yeah. force users if you will mm-hmm. and and maybe maybe that's why i'm stupid and he should be where you put him <laughs> because he's not a fucking lineage user like ray should have stayed and that in my opinion makes him even more special than if you came from the nuts of the chosen one yeah, yeah. i mean but i let outside influence rule me i got peer pressured so Nick, Ezra, for me, comes in at four.
1: Yeah, I mean, tot- like your explanation totally makes sense. I'm
0: not... I, well, well yeah. S- yeah, save yours, because you got them in, a, in an interesting in a position. Spot. So, oh. All right. All right, we'll go to my three now, since we're over here. My three is Ben. Okay. Okay, so you can probably figure out what two and one's going to be. And the reason, Nick, I went with Ben at three versus ray kind of like you were saying i mean let's be real they they're technically the dyad so to me they are equal Mm -hmm. in the force and and together they are the strongest force beings that are out there at least that's how the movie made it sound how palpatine made it sound like whatever this fucking dyad thing is if it's ever going to be explored again it's it's even more potent than the chosen one himself yeah but ben made a lot of poor choices in life he went dark for a long time, killed a lot of motherfuckers. And in the end, he he didn't really help Ray defeat Palpatine. He resurrected Ray after he climbed out of a hole, but he was hanging out down a shaft like most people in his family do. Um, but you made great points like like he 100 had more in-tune training for longer in his life but i think because he was so mentally fucked up and torn between his good and his dark side that he was never able to truly realize his his ultimate potential where ray still has less has less baggage if you will she has that ability to now take what who she became at the end of tross and and maximize it to the nines and she ultimately was the one that channeled the jedi to defeat palpatine once and for all not Ben. Yeah. it was her holding that blasting him. that's why uh ben is three for yeah. me
1: so we're aligned on ben at three obviously our our one two are different but what would, would the reason why I chose to put Ben over Ray is because it's almost like when you're looking at, you know, career stats for a player, you know, for for a, for a football player or something like that. When you look at career stats, even though some of his career stats are in the dark side, he's he's got more career stats than Ray, you know, like... <laughs> his career
0: stats are higher. Oh my God! Do you hear that? It sounds like I smoke a pack of. <laughs> well, sorry. But Go ahead, that, I like that. His career. His
1: career stats. stats are higher. He's got. He rolls more natural twenties. Hey, he's got. He's got <laughs> more formal training under a a legit school. Not only did he have training Luke. there, he was powerful enough to rip the whole school down and kill everybody there. Uh, and not only did he rip the whole school down and kill everybody there he was also one of the two dark side force users that essentially vice gripped the galaxy again for a little while like
0: yeah and he actually beat his his pimp right he beat his pimp where vader never well we thought he did, but he didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's like, did he, did he not? I mean, it's kind of a
1: similar situation for Ben Solo and for, for, for Anakin Skywalker because they really both thought they killed their master and then it turned out they didn't. <laughs> so similar situations yeah. there where it's like in, in TLJ, like Kylo was the guy. Like he was like after fucking, after, you know, after... Uh, what's his name gets taken out like Kylo takes over the Snoke. first order Snoke like Snoke's dead oh, yeah. Kylo takes over he's running the ship and everything else like Kylo got to a he, point he
0: achieved more than Darth Vader yeah. he, he I mean he became essentially the emperor exactly so like he
1: while it wasn't for the good like he climbed that fucking ladder and he got all the way all to the right. top so that's that's yeah. why I, I mean, put him over Ray.
0: I like that I like that you, you usually don't think dark like that but I, I i dig it see i i went opposite of my soul i went well hey ray's just lighter and she won vanquished a bad so she's better than ben but you're going well listen he his fucking his kill streaks yeah. are, are way greater than ray ever yeah. could dream of i his like that. body of work all right <laughs> let's see who nick has at two everyone at this point everyone's kind of through the process of elimination they they've kind of figured out who we uh, fanboyed at one. I mean, that's not yeah, hard, man. but who's Nick have it too.
1: It is Ezra. Ezra. The guy he hates. So <laughs> the reason, and again, like this is the reason why I put Ezra up there. Like Ezra and Ben were hard for me. Ezra and Ben were really hard. I was like, man, should I make Ben too or Ezra too? And it was tough, but I put Ezra where he is because of who he is. And who
0: he is a good, just a good dude. Like,
1: exactly. Like it's who he is, how he was trained and what he was, what he accomplished in like with his background. Like Ezra was no, like if if you want to talk about a Jedi from nobody from nowhere, that, that's that's sewer rat. Yeah, like that's Ezra Bridger for sure. Like Ezra was a little criminal on Lothal that fell into the hands of Phoenix squadron and then was trained by a you know a, a padawan who made his way out of order 66 and then trains Ezra to become and to become one of the the greatest hopes for the rebellion at that yep. time and
0: and really he had a big, he had a big win before the Skywalker twins yeah, did
1: yeah i mean was instrumental in the in taking well not even instrumental was the key cog in taking Thrawn out of play in the known galaxy and like sending him away to Paridia. He was he like helped the rebellion even before that point helped the rebellion like you know when Callus like when when Callus was a huge thing, like when Callus was a huge enemy, like helped to oh yeah to take him out and flip him to the good side and like was really instrumental in the successes that the rebellion had during that time period and he did it all coming from nowhere having fucking trash training and and really relying on his own ingenuity and his ability to get it all done and
0: i and, and then and then doing it by himself yeah, for what like 12 tw- yeah, 13 d- years on on
1: fucking <laughs> in a new galaxy on a on a desolate planet surviving for as yeah, long as he see, did like
0: it's impressive. You're making me feel bad. <laughs> I I was dude, I'm telling you, like this is this is sad for me. I mean, what does it say about I have no guts essentially, but I I had him slated it too. I was like, "Well, Nick's going to fucking eviscerate <laughs> that and call me stupid." I was like, "I got to I got to put this other person yeah. there cuz it's very obvious that they're potent, but you are right. I mean, the the point you made about Ezra just being a dude, like just a good dude. That you are correct. He, he probably should have been number two, but I fucked up. I let Nick <laughs> get in my head and I went with Ray Skywalker. Not. All right. So I I think I talked a little bit about why I had Ray further up on the list. It it really is. I mean, there's a few personal things. I mean, when I saw TFA, she was it. I was like, fuck, I love this character. I'm going to name my kid after this character, which I proceed to do. And now my kid doesn't like Star Wars and she probably hates her middle name, but whatever. I I was drawn to this character immediately in The Force Awakens and I had a ton of expectations, high, high expectations for her. And I still dug the character all the way through TLJ. I liked how Ryan kept her nobody. But then everything gets fucked up in in Trost. But still, if you think about her ultimate accomplishment of being able to truly vanquish Palpatine on her own channeling an insane amount of light side energy her dyad connection whatever the fuck that means you know her 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 kinship with with the skywalkers and how they essentially became her adopted family knowing where things could go with her and the righteousness she could bring back to the galaxy i had to put ray number two even though i think my heart wanted to put ezra number two
1: yeah i mean i think that the reason that you put Ray there is like totally, totally makes sense. She has the ability to just be next level powerful that we haven't really seen before, and her story's not finished being told yet. You know, like that's kind of the same way that I thought about Ezra. Is like up to this point, True. like Ezra's story is still being told, and we don't know what he's gonna accomplish. Or like if like it would look really fucking dumb of me if like. We like I put Ezra too. We go into this movie and Ezra gets fucking knocked out immediately. He gets shot in the <laughs> yeah, face. he's just <laughs> he gets, like he's he's dead immediately. It's like okay, well now my two <laughs> doesn't look as good,
0: but he just falls down a hole on a star destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. But Ray and
1: Ezra are kind of in the same bucket where like. Where Ben and Luke, their stories are told, like they're over, like they've reached their maximum level of power. Like Ray and Ezra are still like in process of having their stories told. And we don't know w- what type of power they they, you know, power level they can reach. And we don't know what they're gonna accomplish yet because we haven't gotten there. And it's all a mystery. But like Ray being a number two for you makes total sense. I mean, she is she is the torch carrier of what the Jedi Order or what whatever. They're going to be yeah. called is moving forward. Right. So,
0: I mean, bo- both Yoda and Luke and TLJ essentially said, like, hey, this, they're, they're the ones that are going to keep this shit going. So let her do her yeah. thing.
1: So, future looking, all right. well, definitely a good call.
0: In case anyone was sleeping, my number one and Nick's number one is the greatest Boken Jedi of all time, and that is Master Luke. Skywalker (laughs) I mean come on this is this was a no-brainer it's I don't know how any other Boken Jedi could be in front of Luke I guess technically the dyad potentially has more force power potential but if you just think about Luke from start to finish like Nick said I mean he's got at this point a six movie arc more or less the original trilogy was mostly about him. We saw what he started as. We saw what he ended as. I mean, Luke's number one just for what he does in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, putting together the plan to save his friend, helping the rebels when he probably shouldn't have, and then doing what he did with his dad to, to save the day and bring him back to the light. And, you know, obviously being a child of the original trilogy, he was my guy. Like, Luke was the hero, okay? I mean, I was never a Han Solo guy, uh, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, It was always Luke. Luke and his dad always kind of popped off the screen to me. So there is no argument here, but I I still would like to hear what Nick has to say about Master Skywalker taking the top spot in SWTS's Boken Jedi ranking. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think it's... He's the paragon. He is what every Jedi after him strives to be. And I think that like the what he did in such a short amount of time in comparison to other Jedi is ridiculously impressive. I mean, if you look at any Jedi in the Grand Republic who started their training at 2 years old, 1 year old, whatever, like they were they were conscripted into the Jedi Order as literal infants. And had their entire life to train to grow, to learn and and really hone those abilities and Luke didn't start his Jedi training until he was nineteen years old, and then within a five year span essentially goes from no nothing jet like no nothing person to I've taken out not one, but two Death Stars. I've rid the galaxy with the help of my father of the scourge of Emperor Palpatine, at least for a time.
0: In quotes. Yeah, in quotes. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> he, he put a pause on the Palpatine reign for a little bit there. Somehow he
0: may return, yeah, though. Yeah, who
1: knows? Um, he, he redeemed his father at the end of his life.
0: It's the best thing he did
1: and not only did he do that like he inspired and this is where i think ray and and luke at least to this point differ he inspired a galaxy to Correct. rise against evil with just himself like and like yes he had help from his friends and his sister the whole way along but like he was looked at as the savior of the galaxy like and i don't think that ray has that level it, it's of it's a man's
0: world nick it's it's even a man's world in star wars i mean his his sister did way more than he did for a lot longer but you are yeah. right i mean they always talked about that x-wing pilot that took out the death star yeah i mean well hey, even you're you're making a great point and i thought you were talking about Luke's legend in the sequels he's even more legendary during the sequel timeline like people talk about Luke Skywalker as a as a god yeah it's like right like oh Luke and I mean you saw at the end the little kids the broom boys they're reenacting the story they heard about Luke showing up and stopping the first order by himself so even he he did it twice Yeah, exactly he not only motivated the galaxy when he was a kid he motivated again right before he died so I mean Luke Skywalker was he was a legendary hero that people would tell their kids about during the sequel timeline. Yeah. Like, hey, I was alive when Luke Skywalker was out there kicking ass with his green lightsaber. Can you believe that? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. So yeah, I mean, he, he is the guy. Yeah,
1: I mean, and he will be the way that they've set Luke up is that he will be the only tran- like truly transcendent Jedi that will live on through the annals of history forever. Like, nobody's going to talk about Yoda anymore. Nobody's going to... Like, at a certain point, the conversation around...
0: The, I mean, Ray may get a bump because yeah. she whacks Palpatine and yeah. has more story to and tell, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Luke is the guy. He's the, he's the guy. Like Fuck Obi-Wan, fuck Qui-Gon. The, no one's talking about them anymore. Yeah. They're talking about Luke Skywalker. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like He will be the one that that persists through time in Memorial as the paragon of what a Jedi could be.
0: Damn sure. Um,
1: and I think that that's just, it pushes him over yeah, the I edge. Mean,
0: done done fucking nick nailed it i mean there's no argument to those to what we just laid out in front of you so hopefully you all dug this little special segment it was was pretty fun you know we uh we were out of whack at the tail end of the ranking came back together for the middle and then separated again for the the top dogs and um we'll, we'll keep at it like i said i wrote down the idea today you know, what if Dave was present for the sequels? That would be fun to talk about. You know, what what would TFA have looked like if he was there or TLJ or Tross? So we'll work on those. You never know what sort of special topic we'll have for you next week. But if you do have some very targeted ones, make sure to send us an email, DM us, drop some shit right here in the live stream chat. We are here to serve so much so that we do a fan segment every show This week, though, we're shortchanging your asses. Mm -hmm. Yours truly right here got a little forgetful after our Thanksgiving break. I forgot to post the question of the week. So we're not going to do that segment this week, but just stay tuned. Star Wars time dot show on Instagram. That's where the question gets posted, usually Monday or Tuesday of a show week. So sorry about that, everyone. I fucked up. But that just gets us to our second fan segment. The one that everyone comes here for and that is our top five star wars fan artist features of the week that's right so don't forget the way to get involved here is using our hashtag on instagram hashtag star wars time show and more importantly ad tag at star wars time dot show you got to do the ad tag that's where nick picks his top five from where i kind of pick from around the tag what's being recommended and i put up our reels every day um, all right, James English. I, I, I believe this is Mando mugshots. Sorry, we didn't get to the top five before you got to go to work, but we will be talking about your shot very soon. All right, Nick, who did you anoint as champions of this past week in the top the five? The top
1: five this week starts with 501st Hard Case. 501st Hard Case hits us with an awesome look at the boys at. The 5 first one. So, um, I mean, in this shot, he calls it reflection. And, and like, really what drew me to this shot was the environmentals around the figures. Like, if you look at the reflections in the water, if you look at the environment behind the figures here, it really does feel like we're following them through a, a mission that they're on, following through, um, you know, like, some sort of uh, in field exercise that they're doing or something like that and catching the reflections in the water, like, like 501st Hardcase did is just fantastic. Um, so, uh, yeah, nice, crisp, clean shot here from
0: 501st Hardcase. Yeah. I mean, five they're, they're a natural outdoor champion. You know, I, I don't see any, any lights being used here. Just using the natural light, throwing down some Star Wars figures out there in the world, snapping pics. It's it's really my favorite style of toy photography. Ugh. Oh, sorry about that. So kudos, 501s, the hard case. Speaking of toy photography, Nick, I actually had a session over the break. Shot six of my hot toys to finally get them into their glass containers. Nice. It was exciting. All right, moving
1: on. Moving on. Next up in the top five this week, we got commander green it's commander gree underscore n and we're taking a look at the great looking figure of commander cody here is this a a hot toys i assume it's a hot toys because it looks fucking awesome
0: he's there yeah they're looking hot Toysy, yeah yeah so
1: it's and this is titled the search for kenobi or searching for kenobi so this is on Utapau after order 66 comes down uh, obviously, Cody orders the shot at uh, Kenobi as he's riding on his Vraktil across the landscape. And now this is the search for Kenobi's body after the Order 66 has come down. I mean, it's a great shot of Cody kind of left of frame. And then you get some other members of his squadron um, kind of washed out by sunlight coming into the shot here. I just think it was a really cool poignant shot. Of one of the uh, most well known clone commanders out there.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it, it looks fantastic. It just speaks to the quality of figure that Hot Toys put out. And it, it makes me realize that I fucked up not getting Cody as a name. I have like all the other name clones. I got Jesse, I got Hunter, got Crosshair, Echo. No Cody. No co- that's a big fuck up. That is a big fuck up on my part. But yeah, it, it is another one, I believe, Nick, that's all. Outdoor natural light setup. I need to get back to that, but it's fucking cold up here in the north, so mm-hmm. probably not for a few yeah, months. Yeah, I gotta
1: wait for the sun to actually come back out again.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. I gotta stop breaking fucking bones during the warm months so I can actually enjoy them where I live. All right. That's the goal for twenty four. No broken bones. There All right.
1: we go. Next up here is Ches Picks sixty six. Ches oh, yeah. always gives the us some suns. awesome. Uh, like desert Tatooine style shot, and and you you hit it. We got the twin sons of Tatooine here on the horizon, showing a a Tusken Raider riding a bantha off on a like a high ridge, and and really like the shot here is made incredible by Chez's twin sons that he he was able to fit into the shot. The golden sunlight careening across the image. And then that like slightly shadowed figure of the Tuscan riding the Bantha off to the right of frame. Just a, a beautiful shot here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a full on silhouette type of shot because you can see a little bit of the foreground, mm-hmm. but it's very close to silhouette and, and silhouette shots with Star Wars toys on Tatooine with the two sons. Always look fantastic. And you know, we know Ches is another one that just has mastered the sunlight, sun rays, sunsets, sunrises in this hobby and, and produces just some great natural outdoor looking shots. Indeed.
1: Good stuff there at Ches Picks66 on Instagram. Next up in the top five, we have at Mando underscore mugshots. Mando mugshots hit us with an awesome Ahsoka inspired pick here. So what we see is the the new again master in apprentice. It's Ahsoka and Sabine. Ahsoka lifting Sabine off of the ground after one of their training sessions. You can see uh Huyang there in the background. uh Both Ahsoka and Sabine with their sabers lit. But this is a moment where it's like you know. It's time to train. It's time for you to actually. Well, learn. Yeah, I mean,
0: his, his caption is again. Yeah. So it's it's like, hey, you know, Sabine got knocked down. Ahsoka's lifting her up. Let's go again. Huang's back there taking notes so he can make fun of Sabine after and tell her that she sucks and she's the worst Jedi candidate ever. But I, I dig it. Mando is really good at, at lighting, and I also believe Mando Mugshots is an iPhone photographer, nice. which just again shows to the quality of work produced here. I mean newer iPhones they are they have fantastic camera sensors in them but a lot of times you can't quite get that bokeh going you you can control aperture a bit but not a lot so I'm always impressed with what uh, Mando Mugshots gets out of his device he, he, he he's a toy photographer that proves that a lot of times it's not necessarily the gear it's the it's the person yeah. so the eye how do you set up how do you light Goes a long way in this hobby, which I which I found out last week trying to do it again after I hadn't done it for about a year. Like holy shit, relearn those. I forget a lot of. Yep, yeah, I forget. Hey, oh, I forgot the key light, the overhead light, this light, that light. Oh, too many lights. Now they're you know looking burn out, but we'll we'll see. I might get some of those out by twenty twenty six. But that's our our buddy at Mando underscore mugshots over on the IG there. All
1: right, good stuff. And to close out the top five for this week, this is at. CT.1538. And the reason I picked this, CT1538, this is a custom shot of a Sith figure that's designed after one of the most, uh, one of the coolest looking uh, masks and armor sets from Swotor. Star Wars The Old Republic MMO game that I played extensively.
0: It, it, it's the Acolytes, right? Or at least that's what he's calling it. So, the Sith Acolyte. Yeah, so
1: it's like this mask was worn like I'm not sure if every Sith Acolyte wore it, but it was worn by like a lot of notable uh characters that you interact with in the early stages of Sith playthroughs in the game. It's a it's a piece of like mask armor that you can unlock for your own character and wear along the way. Um, But the, 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 the look of this figure being custom is so spot on to what you see in the game. It was one of my favorite armor sets in the game. In fact, if I log into that game right now, I know that one of my characters is still wearing this armor set. Oh, Um, shit.
0: It's, it was. So you got some history with this Sith Acolyte. As soon
1: as I saw it, I was like, this is got, this is going to make the top five for sure. Just because it is a truly a piece of nostalgia for me. When I was playing this game a ton, it was one of the earlier armor sets in the game during its release period. And it really does like, it has a Revan feel to it without it being the Revan full, like the full Revan armor set. And it like it sets you in that time period. Like it puts you in that time of like the Sith were so widespread at that point that they had individual armor sets that felt unique to them. And and whoever made this custom did a fantastic job of like translating that from the game. I, I was gonna to say ticket.
0: I I believe this comes from someone we've talked about before at one J yeah
1: yeah we've definitely talked he, about he's
0: 16. the one that just makes ridiculously good-looking high-end one scale Star Wars custom figures like I, I I actually just was scrolling through I think he's he's working on like a, a dark side Cal Kestis right now he was working on a Plagueis last week as Nick said he just he fucking nails the from either book screen game to custom it's it's almost a one to one he is his own hot toys manufacturing facility yeah
1: I mean just absolutely fantastic work like being having intimate knowledge of of this armor set the fact that he translated it so well over to a, a physical figure is absolutely incredible so um good shot uh, or like good job 16j and whoever else worked on the custom <coughs> and then awesome shot here from CT at c t one five three eight um to to bring it to life in 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 photograph form, so um that's the end of the top five. That's the end of the show for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it, but Matt, go ahead and close us out.
0: wo- woo, you got it, my friend. It was nice to be back, although it was great to get, you know, a week off, but it's always good to be talking some Star Wars time with the fans, and of course, with my man young Nick over here. so don't forget at the end of every Star Wars time show, tell a friend. Tell a pet, tell a relative about StarWarsTime.net. It's the easiest place you can send them to on the internet to find all the information they need about the SWTS. We've got our podcast platform links there. We got the YouTube link there. All we ask is that you keep StarWarsTime.net in your soul, in your mind, and in your heart. There's always time for Star Wars time. That's all you need to know, and that's how you need to celebrate and promote the show. Don't forget, if you are already subbed to us, we love ratings and reviews, so if you're on a podcast platform, especially Spotify, make sure to drop a rating if you have not already done so. If you listen to the show on iTunes, listen to it on Spotify, too, and drop ratings. Ratings are everything to the artificial intelligence that are taking over. So don't forget, there's always time for Star Wars time, and if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you always we